Welcome to Tangible Changemakers Podcast with your host, Lois Duncan and Will Bombardier, with a little talk and a lot of action. going to talk about energy exchange, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I think, a topic that is really important and not talked about enough. Why do you feel that? Because I, I think that... Um, I mean, let's first define that so we know what we're talking about when we say energy exchange. Energy exchange. So everything is energy. Everything is frequency, vibration. I believe that um, science has proven that, that everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. And when we um, live in the world, we are constantly deciding what we exchange our energy for, what we give our attention to, um, energy, and often um, money. And a lot of times when you think of energy exchange, we are talking about how we exchange our energy for the things that we bring into our life. Does that make sense? Yes. And so money is often uh, a form of energy. It's just basically an agreement or a frequency and a vibration. And we typically operate, um, a lot of human beings operate from this place of scarcity and from a very um, lack mindset. And and, um, I think it's something that we get to shift the thinking around that for a lot of people and that's how we take our power back and our energy our power is what we carry with us as we go through life and the energy that we bring to things does that make sense at all mm-hmm. okay yeah and um i think that it's just something that uh at, in my lifetime it's been a really big topic uh, for me and it's been one of my biggest life, life lessons one of my biggest areas that i've struggled with is uh understanding my value and what i bring to the table and what i carry and what i have in the ways of energy to exchange <laughs> for the things that and calling in and bringing in the things that i desire in my life Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about energy exchange, I think about it in two different ways. I think about conscious energy exchange and unconscious energy exchange. Um, as somebody who works with energy a lot, I think about this a lot and, and am aware of the idea that um, every time we're engaging with anything, we're exchanging energy, right. particularly with other um, living beings. Um, and the more uh, evolved those beings, probably the more energy exchanges occurring uh, because it's going both directions. But I know from my own experiences, I've had some really significant uh, paranormal experiences with plants, animals, uh, nature in general, that um, involved considerable energy exchange. And uh, energy is more than just a it's, it's really kind of a catch-all term, but it really, you could break it down into different uh, aspects of energy. So there's information, there's the, um, the raw energy component itself or the, the, the amplitude or the frequency of the energy that's brought to it. So it has these different qualities to it, but then there's energy, there's information that's encoded within that. So like this carrier waves on top of waves. Uh, But I think we're kind of getting too far ahead of ourselves here. (laughs) So let's back up a little bit and talk about um, 
the idea of what is an energy exchange. And I think what we're probably wanting to talk more about in, in terms of with respect to Meraki is the idea of conscious energy exchange. And how does that relate to um, things such as uh, business, um, how we exchange resources through uh, monetary means, uh, bartering, uh, things like that, gifting, those types of energy exchanges are all different. And I think it would be helpful if we kind of walk through maybe some of those ideas for people just to get us thinking about what are the actual different types of energy exchanges that are out there. And what does that actually mean? You know? Yeah, I think that one of the things that comes to mind for me is um, so your energy, we carry an energy about us and our energy of like when we walk into the room, our energy, our energy introduces us before we're even present because people can feel our energetic state. Mm -hmm. So if we're in a really bad mood and we walk in the room angry (laughs) and in a bad mood, people can feel that. They can feel that that negative energy. (laughs) I know where you're going. You do? Yeah. (laughs) Let's not pick on anybody today, though, shall we? Let's keep this. <laughs> let's keep this nice, and pleasant, shall we? No, I think I I think that we that is <clears throat> the energy that you carry. So when you walk into the room, you can either allow your frequency to be ra- to raise the vibration of the frequency of a room, or you can allow yourself to lower to the frequency of the uh, vibration of the room. So if somebody is in a really crappy mood and you walk in and you're in a great mood, like you're all happy, and and you walk into a room and everybody's really down and the energy is down, you can either lower your vibrational frequency down to where they are, or you can raise your vibrational frequency up. That's a type of energetic exchange. Uh, We are always responsible for the energy that we carry, the frequency and vibration that we're emitting when we go out and how we carry ourselves in the world. And, um, you know, a lot of us, this is one of the things that um, a, a lot of conversations I hear lately about taking your power back and being empowered and what empowerment is. And I think that empowerment for me is being uh, fully accountable and in charge of your own energy and your own energetic state. And so an empowered state is when you can walk into a room of people and you can maintain your frequency and vibration and, and remain at a high frequency and a high vibrational frequency and not give your power away like when you wake up in the morning and your partner's in a really bad crappy mood and they uh you have the choice to lower your energy and allow them to take your power and to and to make you mad and then you get up and you get in an argument and then you stay in a pissy mood all day and then you're honking at everybody you're and you're on the road and you're and you're just angry and you let that or you can just maintain your energetic frequency and your high vibrational frequency and choose where you give your energy to so i'm starting to feel like maybe there's more to this conversation <laughs> no i'm just kidding no 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 usually i take the high road myself and uh or, or, <laughs> or the uh although i think uh there's something to be said for indifference too and just not not engaging with it you know? Exactly. Um, so that's another strategy is to just hold your own and just to more or less pull your energy in full, full force and just observe and not react at all. Right. It's, not not engage at all. That's another strategy. But and power is is being at choice and choosing. Choice. Yeah. Taking your power back and being empowered is always being at choice with where, where you allow your. Sometimes it feels good to get mad and get yes, angry and does. just to let it out. It sure does. Uh, I mean, sometimes it does, and that's okay. It's not that you know, um, but it's being at choice. 
you know, and like that righteous anger where you use it and it's fuels you and impassions you to do something about it, to change a situation, to make a change. Anger can be a really good thing, but that's an energetic frequency. And it's not something you want to carry around with you frequently though. I'll tell you exactly. That. You a, want to be at choice and choose because a lot of times anger can be destructive. And it's very destructive. Energy. Yeah, it can, it can, but it can be both. It depends on, on how it's channeled and always being at choice with the way that we manage um, our energy. And a lot of people, um, I know this is a conversation that I have with my daughter a lot is she feels like, you know, she can't, she, she can't help how she feels. This is just how I feel. And I'm like, but you can. And, um, well, I've had this discussion slash argument with people quite a few times. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are, do fall into that category where they do feel powerless against their own hormones and their own body. And the body is very powerful in that way. And right. it can push us in, into a feeling. I mean, even studies have even shown that you can just fake it. You can just smile. If you just hold the, the, the form of, of that vibration. So if you smile and just force a smile on your face, it actually will reverse back in your body and, and raise your vibration back up and bring you more into that space, which is kind of a weird, interesting strategy. But, um, but it's true that a lot, of, a lot of people don't feel you can really have much control over that. And that's, uh, that's one of the foundations of what's going on in this world right now is that victim consciousness that we all are kind of struggling with how to, how to get through that and get out of that and get our power back. Because to me, power, power is, as you said, it's, it's being at choice. And to be at choice, you need to be aware that you have a choice. So bringing your awareness to every moment that you may have a choice and then choosing is your power. That's where you get to your power. Um, now it doesn't mean you're always going to be successful in what you choose, right? right? So, but then you can always choose again right. and you can choose again and you can choose again and you always have an opportunity to change at any choice point. So you always can change your, your mind and you can always choose a new, a new path if you need to. Uh, but let's, let's kind of bring this back into, um, uh, what we were talking about, which was energy exchange. What is your favorite way to exchange energy <laughs> just p pg oh. rated <laughs> no, well you can talk about anything you want it's, it's podcast, so you, want to is, keep, you want to spice it up you can but uh, this is true um what do you mean by that what is your what is your favorite what way is your to exchange favorite? energy um i prefer a very conscious energy exchange so for me i prefer to make sure that both parties are at choice and both parties are uh, engaged fully i don't like half-ass engagement myself like that bothers me um like when as an example sometimes you i'll just give you <laughs> to on you just a little bit but sometimes you talk to me as i'm walked away as I'm not even engaged anymore. Like I'm out of the room even, and you're still talking to me, but you like, you re-engage with me when I'm not in the room. And I'm like, wait a second, am I supposed to come back and start this conversation again? Or are we done or where are we at? So, it's, so that for me, conscious energy exchanges um, or energy exchange, like the, that I prefer is always chosen and very intentional. Um yeah, I would say that's probably my preferred way. Uh, it isn't my go-to in my life because I'm, I have a very, very strong energy signature, which tends to freak a lot of people out that aren't, you know, relatively uh, attuned to 
to what that energy is. So they feel the sense of power, but they don't know where I'm coming from. So it can be a little disconcerting. And I, in my past, when I was younger, my go-to was to clam up and just use energy and just, I could shut a room down. I can, like you said, I can, I can walk into a room. I can shut my energy down and I can drag, pull everyone in the room down with me to the point where people actually come over and say, what's going on? Why are you doing? I, mean, I won't even interact with people. I've experienced that, so I know that to be true. Yeah, and I don't do it very often. I, I mean, I don't do that anymore so much. Um, it's not something I always choose. Uh, sometimes it's a, more of a reaction to things. But, but when I was young and I was um, dealing with my my traumas and my childhood stuff, you know, neglect issues and things like that, I was feeling that would be my way of getting attention. Would be just. I wouldn't make a big stink. I'd actually just sit and retract and pull all my energy in and people would notice. Yeah, I, I, that is still your go-to sometimes. Sometimes. To retract your energy. Um, and I guess my favorite, the way that I tend to, will always be a Pollyanna. I want to always, I don't do well with conflict. Uh, I avoid it at all costs. So I'm always trying to raise the energy. I'm trying to raise everybody up, trying to keep everybody in this bubbly, cohesive, happy phase and happy state. I don't like um, to feel down. I don't like to, to wallow in, in, in uh, victim. I think, and I think it comes back to a lot about the whole victim conscious thing and victim consciousness thing where we feel when we believe that the world is happening to us, life is happening to us, you know, people are out to hurt us, we, we people are, and we, we are constantly giving away our power. So then we feel like we are not in control of our emotions, we're not in control of our energy, we're not in control. And so we can be very easily swayed. And I think for me, and I spent most of my life, you know, being just at the mercy of the world at the mercy, like feeling like a complete victim, like I was at just the mercy of everybody. And I was always really drawn toward, like in my relationships, men that were very dominant and powerful. And, um, and I would give my energy away and give my power away. And I walked around very defeated and very, mm. um, and in, as I started to go through my healing, and I think the thing that was the most healing for me in being able to take my power back was when I started to have awareness um, around uh, what energy is and understanding, you know, that we carry energy, frequency, vibration, and that I am the creator of my own existence, the words I speak, the thoughts I think, um, determine the outcome that I generate with, with my life. And I can do that consciously, or I can do it from a victim mindset where I'm just at the whim of whoever's in my space. If somebody shows up in a bad mood, then I become in a bad mood because they're in a bad mood and I pick up their energy. And it's, it's an, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing to think about in the concept of, if you know anything about human design, we have open centers and, um, and, and, you, and I have a few open centers in my chart and you tend to be, take on the energy of the room instead of kind of knowing who you are and being really solid in that awareness. And so for me, as I started to really look at the different areas of my life where 
I didn't feel this deep sense of worthiness, this deep sense of where I operated from a scarcity mindset. Um, so I was looking for something to fill me up, something to 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 pour into me. And, and I think when you be, when you operate from victim consciousness, you also operate kind of a little bit of an energetic vampire, where you're constantly pulling energy from other people to try to fill that void in yourself. And it really, for me, when I started becoming aware of how I was showing up in the world and being able to see myself um, from an objective um, viewpoint um, and noticing where I was giving my energy away, where I was allowing myself to be brought down to somebody else's frequency. Or I have some friends that when I would get around them, they would automatically just lift me up because they were always upbeat and happy. And I love being around them. And I found myself more and more drawn to being around people like that, that lifted me up. Mm -hmm. And when I left them, I felt good. And then there are other people, when I left them, I felt drained. Mm -hmm. And I started really consciously looking at the people that made me feel lifted up and thinking, I want to be more like that. So I started studying the behavior, noticing what it was about them. And then I started trying to be more like that. And really, uh, and when I would notice that the, the, the sways in my mood and how people affected it, I would start consciously choosing where I wanted to be. And that was incredibly empowering, like That's understanding um, how, how I'm showing up and how people are receiving my energy. A good exercise is I, I going through gratitude training. We did a lot of things, which is a program I went through and we did a lot of things where it really helped you to see how other people see you. Right. Cause we think in our head, we're showing up one way a lot of times and other people see us entirely different. And it's really good to ask for feedback from your friends, you know, how you show up, how your energy affects them, how they see you and ask for honest feedback and, don't get your feelings hurt if it's, you know, if it's not what you want to hear, because sometimes we don't even realize the energy we're putting out. Like you have this really strong, powerful energy about you. And I find it extremely attractive because I'm really drawn to that, but a lot of people are intimidated by it. And so for you, I notice sometimes you dim yourself down a little bit because you're afraid of how people will handle that. And well, um, for, I want to say afraid, but I'm, well, no, <laughs> I'm not afraid. Of, you're I'm you're not well, okay. So afraid is yeah. Afraid, <laughs> that's that's not a good word. You're right. It's, it's because you're aware of how your energy can be really strong for some people, mm -hmm. and they don't know how to handle that because a lot of people don't have tools for managing. They can't manage their own energy, so they certainly can't manage other people's energy. Yeah. And so it's when I started becoming aware of the people that I felt energized around or the people I felt drained by and then noticing how they showed up and their behaviors and started really getting conscious and intentional about how I showed up in a room and walking into a room um, that the way I carried myself posture has a lot to do, do with this. When I first graduated from college, I worked for a modeling agency and uh, one of the things that they taught us um, and I went out and spoke in schools all over the state of Tennessee and my thing was teaching people how to present themselves, how to carry themselves and walk and talk so that they could get a job or get a scholarship for school or, or, or how to present themselves. Because we get basically about eight seconds when you meet somebody, that first impression you get is generally people make a snapshot, just instant impression of you. And that's a lot of times they're making an impression of your energetic signature. 
mm-hmm. and how they see you and how they're experiencing you from an energetic state. And if you walk in with your shoulders all drooping and your head down and right. you're not carrying yourself with confidence and you're looking down and you're looking yeah. down and you'll make eye contact in. and your yeah. energy's all pulled in, yeah. people look at you and they create a snapshot or an image yeah. of energetic resonance of who they think you are. Mm-hmm. And when you're conscious and intentional about how you carry yourself, um, if you walk in with your, you make really good eye contact, your, your head's held high, your shoulders are back and down and you're walking with excellent posture and you're walking with confidence, you carry an energy of confidence and people respond and react to you in a different way. Sure. And we don't think about sometimes the energetic snapshot that we're giving to other people, the energetic frequency that we're putting out. And, uh, and until we're aware of that, you know, it can, um, it can really um, make us not aware of how other people see us or how we see ourselves. I think there's another point though, um, on the other side of that equation, yeah. the, the, to be fair, um, there's a quote by Anissa Nin, is that Anissa yeah, um, who says that we we don't see the world as it is, we see the world as we are. Right. And so when people are perceiving us, they're also perceiving through their lens. And so sometimes it doesn't matter what we present. It really matters how they present or how they see us. You know, I'm not saying that that, that doesn't have an impact on them. Yeah. Um, but they still, when people have a certain view that like some people are just crabby about everything it doesn't matter what you could present to them a beautiful little cute puppy with in a basket full of flowers and they would think it's a horrible thing like there's just people like that you know right. and those are extreme examples obviously but but there's there's always those two sides to that equation in terms of when, when we're talking about conscious energy exchange and how we exchange energy so the other side of it i guess my point is is that it's not only about how we present ourselves but how we choose to see others how we present so when somebody presents themselves when you come into the room the how i'm feeling in that moment also has a huge impact on how i see you i may not be seeing you accurately or you may not be seeing me accurately because one of us or both of us are skewed in some way. And I think that that's the case pretty much all the time. Is we, well, definitely. We, but- yeah, we are always seeing life through the lens of our own perception. Yeah. And some people, so for me, I'm very drawn. I like people that carry a lot of power and a really strong energy and confidence. I'm really drawn to that. Mm-hmm. And um, but there were times in my life when I wasn't feeling that way that I would see that and think that's cocky or conceited (laughs) and I would judge it, you know, um, I also have a tendency to show up really confident, uh, all the Leo and Sag in my chart, where I show up very confident and very self-assured and just, you know, I rarely walk into a space timid and shy. And, um, and so when somebody is in a room that is is really, you know, carrying a really strong energy and seems really confident, I'm always drawn to that energy. People that are really um, mousy and and uh, their energy is retracted and withdrawn and they're like insecure and don't make good eye contact, they they actually make me really nervous. And <laughs> really? They do, yeah. I get really nervous about around people like that. I, I like the confident, cocky, you know, outgoing personality, but I, but I also see that a lot of people are very off put by that. So it's really, you can't control how people interpret your energy. You can't, you know, because everybody's going to, and they're going to judge you through the lens of their perception. Absolutely. That's true. Yep. Um, but 
but, and so the only thing you can control is how you show up and how you carry your energy and the intention, because I believe that the intention you carry behind your energy speaks for itself on an energetic level. Yeah. Well, and I think, and I completely agree with that. And, uh, what I, what I wanted to, the point I was trying to get to was that that also affects how you perceive as well as how you emit. So how we emit our, how we present ourselves, we give a presentation for how we look and how we're feeling and what we're, what, you know, all those different aspects of what we are but it also has a huge impact on how we're able to receive others so if you're in uncon- you're not confident and you're closed off and you're shut down you're not going to receive anybody that's right there waiting for you standing there you know you could have your your life partner could be standing there and you miss it because you're so closed into your own space your own stuff your own energy and you're not connecting because you're not open you're not connected i'd like to shift this a little bit if we may Um, And I like to get into the idea. And I think because one of the things we really wanted to talk about, I think, was the idea of of how energy is exchanged in other ways, not just our physical energies and things like that or um, our physicality, but also how we exchange through business and things such as money, um, the concept of money, the idea of money, uh, bartering and also gift exchange and things like that. Um, So. Could you share with um, the audience a little bit of an idea of what um, your thoughts are on energy exchange in those respects? This is an area that I have um, struggled a lot with in my life um, because I have a lot of um, programming around money. Money is the root of all evil. And, and uh, it's just, just a lot of programming around value and exchange. And, um, and I, I love, I'm really good at what I do. I love what I do. I'm a digital designer and do web design and and social media marketing and, and things like that. And I'm really good at it. And, um, and I know that, uh, but I struggle with the concept of asking for what I'm worth um, because I have this thing about not wanting to, um, you know, the, not wanting to have to have everything be about money and have it always having to have an exchange about money and making everything about money. And especially mm-hmm. when you start moving into the areas of healing and being a healer and offering healing services and things like that, um, it, it, it gets even more convoluted. Mm-hmm. And um, so what I've had to really do and something that I've really had to is just really get clear on the value that I'm bringing and understanding the value of transformation, of change, of the value of what I'm bringing to other people. And when I get really clear on what that value is, and I understand that by me giving of myself to other people and sharing with them, it's making their life better. And, and there's an exchange there. So I'm giving to them. And uh, when you give from that mindset of I'm putting it out there and I'm giving it with love without expectation of something in return. Um, are you talking about gift giving or are you just well, talking extending? And, and when you at, attach an expectation to things a lot of times, um, then you can be disappointed. So but when it comes to business and exchange and something that I've just, I I saw a post uh, yesterday and it was this company and they were, um, they were promoting this new 
and it could be a complete scam. Who knows? You know, it was something where you go online and you look at it and it's supposed to help you with your energy. Oh, yeah, and some girl put on there, well, if you really cared about people, you would give this away for free and you wouldn't be charging for it. You know, you should care about people. And I, I asked her, I just, I commented on there because I was really curious about why she would think that somebody, it was a doctor who pioneered this technology and put all this research and, and stuff into creating this technology that they were launching and announcing to the world. Now, I don't know if the product is anything. It could, like I said, it could be a complete scam. But the, these people put a lot of time and effort into their presentation and they were offering it to try it for 30 days for a dollar. And Those animals. Yeah. Greedy animals. And and this lady said, Well, if you were really serious about healing people, you would give it away for free. And that's one of the things I think is is so important for us to have conversations around because when somebody pours their life, their time, their energy, Meraki means to do something with your soul, creativity, or love, to pour the essence of yourself into all that you create. And I love that word. And that's why I chose it as the name of my business and, and everything that I do, because I love people that pour the full essence of themselves into what they're creating and putting out in the world, especially which is with the intention of creating healing or for a higher purpose and something really good and beautiful in the world. And I, so I, I was really curious why this woman felt like they should just give. And so I asked her, I said, do you work for free? Do you give away all your services for free? Because it's something that's been very frustrating to me in my life that so many people say, oh, can you do this for me? I know it would just take you a minute. You're so good at it. And you can just design me a graphic. And I'm like, but this is what I do for a living. This is how I earn my living. And whether we like it or not, we still live in a world that is based on monetary exchange for now. I mean, I think it's changing. I think the paradigm. Well, bartering is a bad valid way to do it if you got something you can borrow for but a lot of times you can't because somebody doesn't have anything you need back so that's the whole point of money is it allows us to exchange things in that way uh, but i think independent of all that it, it comes down to whether you do you find value in it or not period right full stop like if you find value in it then you will put money i've had a lot of people where i've talked to and i've seen this over and over where people will say oh, i don't have money and i can't afford it and then the next weekend i see them out partying and they're doing their thing and they're they're spending their money in a frivolous way and i think they don't want to spend their money on that and that's okay but be honest about it and right. be, you know it's valid to say i don't want to invest in that right now but a lot of people have a similar issue that you do they don't like conflict they don't like to disappoint anyone you know and that's okay it's understandable yeah it's it's been something that i've that i've dealt with a lot in my life and the thing what it is is i as i've really started to look at when i give of myself and i pour myself into something um then there needs to be an energetic exchange and we start talking about energetic exchange if i'm pouring myself into giving you something and um and I just give to you and you take it because it's out of charity or whatever. People actually feel better when there is an equal exchange, when they give something back, when they're not taking and not feeling like they're in this place of just taking or being given charity or something. I think that people operate better when you have a clear energetic exchange that, um, uh, when you have a clear energetic exchange that, and I got just, that totally threw, you that off, totally threw me off. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I completely hear what you're saying. It's, uh, you know, when, when I think I, I really like to make a distinction when I talk about gifts and giving versus um, extending. So for me, I think we, we, the, the, 
for me, the definition of giving is to give without any expectation. That means no expectations for a thank you, no expectations for any, nothing in exchange. That's truly giving. If anything, true giving is giving anonymously, giving so much that people don't even know that where it's coming from. That's where it can't come back. That to me is like pure conscious giving. What we have now, what's what the whole holiday season has turned into, like I abhor this whole thing because it's there's this false idea that it's all about giving and there's no giving going on. It's all bartering. It's all people just, you know, I shouldn't say it all because that's an extreme statement. I don't like this, but but the the idea that we have to give each other gifts and it's not really giving it's bartering. It's, it's, it's an exchange. It's, it's a gift exchange, but I don't even like the word gift anymore. in that, in that gift exchange doesn't it's an expectation. Gift exchange. Ex- it's a, it is, it's a barter. It's not really giving. And, and I don't think, I don't think, I think people are misinformed about that. We're, we're, we're taught um, through our life lessons, through all this stuff that we're, that that's what giving is and it's not it is just not what giving is giving is when you walk away and you don't even know what happened to it and giving is when i hand you a, a, a bouquet of roses and you decide to just throw it on the porch or you step on it and or you pick all the petals off and throw them on the bed because you think that's pretty and i don't i can't i don't get upset about that i that's yours i i've given it to you it's no longer mine it's it's yours to do whatever you want with you can spit on it and throw it in the garbage can if you want you know what I mean? like that's i wouldn't do that no but... you would of course you never and these are extreme i'm using extreme yeah. examples to illustrate the point though is that if i'm upset that you didn't give me a thank you card or give me something else that i might have wanted in exchange for that then that's not giving that's bartering that's expecting something in exchange for for a gift and that's not really gift giving then that's bartering and i think when we start framing things up properly we start really being consciously aware of what we're choosing what we're doing with our energy we we can become much more effective in how we use our energy and how it impacts the world particularly our personal relationships too but i but i i tend to rebel against this time of year like i my whole life i just struggled with it because i was raised in christianity and i was all taught all about jesus and this is all about jesus birth and then all i see is materialism 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 as a child even as a child i just was like oh this is it's stressful too and everyone's stressed out because they're trying to figure out how to get everything done and i think why are we why we do this to each other why are we doing this what is really the intent behind this? And when people come together and they're really just stressed out and they're not relaxed and not having a good time, why are we doing this? You know, the best Christmases I remember is when we decided no more presents and we decided let's just take everybody, put their money into the pot and we're going to go somewhere and do something exciting and fast. And we did. And we went to Lutzen and we went on sleigh rides in the hills and skiing and, and it was and hot tubbing together and just hanging out. It was really, really fun experience. And they didn't need any stuff you know? Yeah. A few years back, I decided that I was no longer going to buy my kids because we spent uh, so much money on them when they were little. Every year we'd go into debt at Christmas time and buy all these gifts and, and, and it was a really big deal. And then when Mm. I became a single mom, I could no longer do that. And my kids were really disappointed for a really long time at Christmas. And it became a time that was, um, 
really, really stressful and I hated it. And I just wanted Christmas and the whole holiday season to be over. And Mm -hmm. on top of Christmas, I have my son's birthday is December 5th and my daughter's is January 1st. So I had Christmas and all the birthdays and all this expectation lumped together in the time where I always had the least amount of income because it was always the (laughs) most difficult time of the year for me, you know, with work-wise and stuff. And and it was was always so challenging. And so I decided um, one year that instead of, because I had asked them, like, what did I get you for Christmas last year? And they couldn't even remember. No, and, and I realized nobody that, can remember. That they couldn't remember anything that yeah. I'd ever gotten them for Christmas. Yeah. And so I said, so from now on, I'm going to buy experiences for them. And I'm going to get them something that is an experience. And um, so I found things that we could go out and do together where we could build memories and we could do something together. Like I, one year I bought Jordan uh, and t- t- took him to go make his own knife and create his own knife and design it and with my friend Jeff and he actually got to build his own knife and design and craft it make it and learn how to do that and it's something that he did with his own hands and I bought Haley you know um, tickets to uh, this music festival that she'd wanted to go to her whole life that she was really that she could go and have this incredible experience and remember it forever and and we started just having like doing really fun things and that to me was something and because I for a little time period I sold timeshare and one of the pitches that we used <laughs> when we were, when we were back when I before I knew what oh it was and but we talked about um the thing about it is is we buy presents all the time but we never remember but the things that we do remember are the vacations are this the moments where we went and we spent quality time together mm-hmm. and to me um, the greatest gift somebody could give me is something that they poured their energy into, that they poured their self into create and make from their own hands or to, um, or, or, <laughs> or to, uh, <laughs> you're distracting me. Um, uh, <laughs> something that they that they they put really thought into to create or an experience or something that we can remember and that we're not going to forget and those are the types of energetic exchanges that i think i think that children would be so much better served if their parents actually sit down and spent time with them and got to know them and visited with them and were completely present with them being completely present with somebody is the greatest gift of energy and the greatest energetic exchange that you could honor another human being with is this to the gift of presence and sharing your complete attention and and just being open and and connected and vulnerable i think it depends on the teenager actually (laughs) (laughs) some teenagers would be happier if you're not around (laughs) no i'm just kidding it depends it depends i think it's it's different for everybody but yes I, i i agree that those experiences are way more valuable and much more they have a lot more legs on them because there's something usually um, that are unusual that you remember. Like I still remember that trip to, to Luzon when we were, we were younger and it was something we all did as, as a as a large group, as a large family, not just my immediate family, but a lot, a lot of people got together and it was really fun. Like it's fun to hang out and, and it was light. You know, everyone was light. There wasn't this feeling of ex- 
expectation on you. And that is hard on me. I don't like that part of it at all. I don't like the feeling of expectation, um, especially when it comes to gifts, because for me, gift giving should come from within, not from without, but expectations coming from out here. And it's right. saying, I want this. And it's people telling me I want this or I want this. And I'm like, so should I just deposit the money in your account then? And you can just go get it. Or I mean, and then you just deposit the money in my account and I'll just get what I want. Or do we have to go buy it for each other? Like, what is the point of that? Yeah, you I know, agree. like we need to move past these kinds of unconscious behaviors and traditions that I just, they're not even born in anything real <laughs> other than exactly. what, the, what the marketing well, it's uh, and, and the consumerism and marketing and, yeah, and uh, to extreme, yeah. and it's this sense of us needing to look good because we, you know, a lot of people get, um, it builds their ego to be able to say that they bought all these presents and they gave this and they gave that and they do it for their own sense of, of, to prove to themselves that they're a success to their right. own sense of worth and their own sense of, of validation. And they seek validation and others so they can say that I, I I got all these amazing things for Christmas so that means I'm really loved and right. and uh, or I gave all this stuff and it's to show my love for you and and we get really that we we've really got kind of that messed up in our heads I think oh, a lot of yeah. as a society of what real you know what real value is you know and for me I'm not a materialistic person I never really have been I spent that's actually not true. Um, I spent a large part of my life thinking that the house I lived in, the car I drove, the clothes I wore, the way I looked, the way I presented myself was where I got my self-esteem and my value, my worth from. And I, I lived that way for a really long time. And on the outside, my life looked really spectacular. I lived in a big house that I couldn't afford. I drove a car that I couldn't afford. (laughs) I spent a small fortune on, you know, always making sure my nails were done. My hair was done. You know, I had really expensive, really nice makeup. And I, I exercised fanatically so that my body looked perfect. And I, I really focused on this outward image um, so that people would think I was a success. And inside I was miserable and unhappy and really just, uh, and I just felt pressure all the time. And, and I, you know, there were days that I would wake up and I would just be like, oh God, I woke up again. And I was just disappointed that I woke up because oh, no. life was really, it was really, it was really difficult to have all that pressure. And when I started down my path of healing over the past five years, I've completely shifted the person that I am. Um, one of the first things I did 2017, I call it the year of the purge. And I literally, I lived in this big 32 square hundred foot house that I couldn't afford. And I got rid of everything. I had uh, I gave away 17 bags of clothes. I had more clothes. I could have literally worn a different outfit every day for a year and not repeated anything. And, um, and I had so much furniture and so much. I just took it all out and put it in the lawn and put a big sign up in my neighborhood. said, come get it. It's free. I gave away, sold almost everything that I had and down. And then I ended up moving into a little teeny tiny two bedroom apartment. And it was the happiest I ever was the release of all that stuff. Because what I realized is I was, I purged. I just purged so much stuff and talk about taking your power back and taking your energy back. Everything that you own, like if you think of your energetic resources, like a bank account and you've 
got this bank account full of money and it's, and you got lots of energy and lots of stores today. And then you have all these things that are pulling at it and pulling at it and pulling at it and pulling at it. And you have to have energy for this and energy for that and energy for all these relationships. And, it, and the next thing you know, you're operating in a deficit. Your, your bank account is overdrawn and you're pulling on energy that you don't have. And you're, and that's how I felt like my life was just in the negative all the time. My bank, my energetic bank account. And I would wake up with barely enough energy to get through the day and to just function. And I was in this survival mode, this hamster wheel of just survival, like really, really deep in survival mode. And, um, and it was, it was not, it looked pretty on the outside, but it was really unhappy and miserable on the inside. And when I started going through my healing, um, one of the, one of the first, I sat with ayahuasca, a uh, plant medicine that kind of really opened my mind and then San Pedro, and that even expanded my mind for further, but what they, um, both of those medicines showed me was that I needed combo and combo is a frog medicine. And it's from the secretion of the thalamodusa the waxy monkey tree frog um, in Peru and, and they take these excretions and it causes you to purge. And as I was purging all of the, the crap, the energetic crap that I was holding on into my body, that was holding all my energetic resources. As I was purging all of that out, I started realizing, oh my God, you need to purge your life. You need to let go of all this stuff. You need to simplify. And I just started feeling this overwhelming need to simplify and and so I started um I sat with combo a ton of times that year and did a lot of physical purging which led to my healing of my physical body as I let go of all of this stuck energy and and stuck crap that I was just holding in that was keeping mm -hmm. me stuck in life and then I started purging all the, the relationships I let go of a lot of relationships and people that I noticed that when I was around them, they just sucked my energy dry and they, they, they were energetic drains on me and they, they, the relationships weren't healthy. And I started letting people go. And so I purged a lot of people out of my life. I started looking at my client list. I purged a lot of clients out of my life that weren't in alignment or in resonance with where I was going. And then stuff, I got rid of so much stuff and with everything that I purged out of my life and everything that I got rid of, I slowly was taking my energy back and taking and building my own energetic resources. And I started healing the relationships that I had with people and things. And, and over time, I started to become aware of what I bring to the table, how I was showing up and really got, I was able to shift my mindset out of that victim consciousness, that life is happening to me and realizing that I am the creator, the author of my life. And I choose where I put my energy. I choose what I give my energy to. I choose that I get to be a choice and who, who, how I, um, how I, take a situation and add meaning to it, whether it's, I may let it, you know, make me bring me down or bring me up and how I define every situation that comes into my life. And through that process, I was able to really take my energy back and to really start to understand my value and my self-worth. And and in that process, I started learning about boundaries and setting, creating hmm. healthy boundaries, which has been one of 
the most difficult lessons in my lifetime because for the longest time I thought boundaries were mean and cruel and hateful <laughs> and awful. But as I really started to understand energy, I understand started understanding that boundaries and having clearly defined boundaries for what you allow in your life and what how you allow people to treat you and how you value yourself and your own energetic stores and so that you're operating from this space of fullness like the bank account is full and overloading so that you can give and give and give and you never feel depleted anymore it's not taking from your energetic stores uh, but you have more energy to give and the more you give the more it feels it fills you up and you have more to give and more to give out but it starts by creating these boundaries and teaching people what healthy boundaries are because when I started having boundaries for myself and making those and saying I know my own worth and so now I am consciously making a choice to when I do work for somebody and somebody asks me to do work for them um, I'm consciously I, I set prices for all my stuff I sat down and I came up with a price list and I added and, and, and the value of my time and my energy and what I have to pour into that project to create that project so that I can give it to another person um, and say, this is this is what this is worth. This is the energy and the time that I'm pouring into this project so that I can deliver a quality project to you with, you know, with a full happy heart and, and say, here, I'm, I'm giving delivering to you amazing work and I'm giving it to you. And this is the value it's worth to me and, and asking for that and and feeling good about it. And if they can't pay it, they can't pay because they can't afford me. You know, they can't afford the energetic exchange. And I don't always exchange things for money. Sometimes it may not even be money. It can be that, you know, they have a service and we and we have an energetic agreement where we exchange, you know, they give something of themselves, you know, service or something they offer and we do a trade. I'm all about that if the energy exchange is equal. But when you get into playing these off-balance energetic exchanges with people, um, I have a friend we used to talk about this a lot. Um, you you get into what they call as a criminal exchange, which you're giving to somebody and you're giving and when you're giving charity, it makes them feel bad about themselves. And it makes them feel like they're always taking and, um, and, and it's, it's not an even exchange and it takes their pride. It takes their, and I know when I was in the place of really struggling financially and people were always giving to me, every time somebody gave something to me, I would either feel like there was an attachment or expectation or like I owed them something and it didn't make me feel good inside. So I always wanted to be able to, even though I didn't have money at the time, I wanted to be able to give something in exchange so that I felt good about the exchange. Well, you know, so that, that's what my point earlier was, is that, when we give, the way we give is, is significant as well. Um, I just read this the other day, a really interesting little meme about um, this young man who, who watched his father would always, they would always go by these um, these really poor people that were selling things on the street. And he would, he would give them money more than they really needed or what, they, what was reasonable, but it allowed them to have dignity in that charity. And when the son asked the father, he said, why do you, why do you give them so much extra money all the time? Like, why aren't you trying to get a better deal and, you know, work that? And the father said, well, I'm, I, I'm giving them charity, but I'm giving them charity with dignity attached so that they can feel okay about accepting it because that's a huge part. It, it is hard for people to accept help. Sometimes that's another thing, but we all have to recognize that we're all sometimes in that place of need where we need someone to support us. It's when it becomes unbalanced and you see somebody that's always in that need and they never seem to be able to give back. 
they never seem to get out of that rut because they've become so comfortable in the victim consciousness of just, you know, they become they a taker. Want, they yeah, become they a taker. They just, they just and, want, 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 and they and just that, receive. But deep down inside, not that takes like that. your pride. It does. It, takes, the, it really takes a lot out of you to always just be in the place of receiving. And, and I, I spent some time in that space. And so I'm really familiar with it. And, and it was not a good place to just feel like I couldn't get ahead. I couldn't get it. And that life was happening to me. And so, and, and, but because I had all these things that were always pulling at my energy and, um, and I just, I felt depleted and tapped out all the time. Well, well one of the things that I think really strongly does it in, in my life, cause I, I grew up in scarcity consciousness as well. And, um, the youngest of five kids, um, my parents weren't, they weren't poor per se, but they didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot of extra money. We did go on a few family trips and things, uh, but but I got mostly hand-me-downs for most of my childhood um, until I stood up and said, I'm not wearing hand-me-down underwear. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> and that comes, Virgo, I had that conversation with my mom and she's, she's like, okay, dear, we'll get you your own underwear. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, oh, we will. Such a Virgo thing. <laughs> no, I think that's just a being human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wear some else's underwear. Uh, but um but one of the things that I really learned, and, and I'm glad I learned it young, is that um, materialism and falling into materialism, what ends up happening is that all the things that you own end up owning you because you your attention and as you said your attention your energy is is divided among all of this stuff and i've also noticed that too as i'm because i've got a five-bedroom house and it's now full of stuff and most of it i didn't go out and buy or seek out it just ended up here (laughs) you know and uh and quite honestly, most of it doesn't have any real significance to me. I could walk away from all of it. And when I was in Peru for a couple of months, I didn't even, the only thing I missed was my kids. And, and that was pretty much it. I didn't miss hardly anything else. And uh, so, so I think when we have less, we have less pulling at us. And I think when you, it might be an age thing too. Um, when we're younger, we tend to want all the stuff. We want the bigger, better deal. We want, you know, we want the big house and the boat and the car and all that. That what we think is going to be exciting life. But what I've seen and watched all my friends that have boats and also, they spend so much time just trying to maintain and keep the maintenance with a big house and a big yard and all. I mean, I take on a lot because I love gardening and I love to be in my, my greenhouse. And I love, I love those things. Like I genuinely love that, that activity. So I don't mind taking on all that extra responsibility, but some people take it on anyway, because they think they need to present themselves that way. And they end up burning out because they're just spending all their time taking care of stuff. And they're not really living. They're just human doings. Now they're not in human beings anymore. They're just human doings doing what they did yesterday on a different day every day of the week just doing and doing doing living for the weekend and <laughs> I, I won't i'm not gonna mention any names but i know people have multiple homes and oh my god like two homes like one's enough i can't yeah. imagine having to manage two households and all the stuff that goes along with that um although i shouldn't speak too soon <laughs> we end up getting out some part <laughs> that may be a, another home but um but it, it's a home with with a reason <laughs> and a with purpose. With a purpose. Yeah. With a purpose. Um, yeah, I think, energy, yeah, go on. Go on. I, I, I think that when I had so much, like I had all this stuff, I was definitely a human doing. And um, when the more I got rid of stuff and the more I simplified my life, the happier 
the more peace I had in my soul and the happier. I'm, I have less right now than I probably ever had in my whole life. I mean, when I moved up here, I took everything that I own and put it in a storage unit. And I came here with three best, three suitcases of clothing and that's it. Nothing else. All my stuff is sitting in storage and I don't miss any of it. Like I keep thinking like I have all this stuff sitting in storage. I'm not even sure what it all is anymore. <laughs> I mean, I have a, I have a four bedroom house full of stuff in storage and it's, it's, I don't even miss it, you know, and I just, I really have learned to love the simplicity. And now I'm able to pour my energy into things that I love and activities that I love and people that I love and really connecting and, and having real, I have a lot of really beautiful relationships in my life with people that, that um, pour into me and that I'm able to pour back into them and, and we lift each other up and we elevate each other and, and we allow for those moments when we're down and we allow each other to be, you know, huge. Human and, and have our our down moments as well but we don't let them stay there we don't let each other stay there we we let her you know we let you feel it and then we try to help elevate you out of it and uh so that we so that we can really stay focused on something higher and better than being in service to humanity i think that's really really important and and then something the other side of this whole thing um is giving and taking and some people, um, some people are givers and they just give and they give and they give and they give and they give themselves. And, and because they're in such a good place, they have it to give. They're like just overflowing with love and compassion and, and, you know, abundance and prosperity. And so they can just give and give and give. And then there are some people that are takers and that all they know how to do is just take, 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 and, and they take advantage of the givers and they take advantage of people like that. Um, but one of the things I've noticed about people that tend to be givers that tend to really give is they don't know how to receive and they don't know how to receive back. And that's something that I learned is when you give, 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 but you don't allow people to give back to you, you don't allow yourself to receive in a way you become a taker because you're robbing that person of the opportunity to give to you and to, and, and when there, somebody wants to give something to you, they want to do something to you and like, Oh no, no, I don't, I don't want to, you know, refusing a gift can be a pretty rude thing to do. It's it's so hurtful because some people, you know, it's a big deal for them to give. And when they finally give to have it rejected or have it shut down or to, to always feel like uh, another way that you get depleted as a giver is if you're giving, 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 but you would never allow yourself to receive, that's blocking a lot of your own abundance, your own prosperity, because it's, uh, and it's something that we don't think about in energetic exchange is receiving and allowing yourself to receive and allowing people to give to you um, and accepting that with grace you know, is something that is a huge gift to people as well. And when you don't allow people to give to you, you're becoming a gift. I had that experience in college a long time ago. And and my first girlfriend that I was um, going out with, and I met her parents and, and they were just really nice people. And, uh, and the the father was a very manly man, a very masculine, um, not macho, like, ego it wasn't that kind he was he was relatively humble too but very man man very man's man kind of a farmer type guy and uh whenever we would go out to eat or something he he would always pay and he would insist i mean i tried to pay once and he got very upset about it because he somehow he felt like it was taking away his duty as the the, the, head the, provider, male, the, provider, the provider the provider the and and strangely enough it was a little it did hurt me a little bit felt kind of hurtful that he wouldn't accept my opportunity to give back and to provide and to share some some resources with the group and um that was my first real 
obvious experience with it where I really saw that really illustrated well for yeah. me. I don't see it as much though. I don't see that very often. It's very rare. Um, I try to, I try to, um, I guess I, I don't see a lot of people like that that are so giving that they never receive. I, I think um, being in, um, like being in the transformational community for a while, there were a lot of people that would give, 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 but they couldn't, they couldn't allow themselves to receive. And they were always struggling with, um, they were always struggling with abundance and prosperity, but they, they wouldn't, you know, they would give themselves in so many ways maybe? that they saw that as a weakness to receive. And I think I was probably one of those people for a really long time because I had so much, um, I struggled when, after I became a single mom and I was raising two kids by myself, which was not something that I had ever intended to do. Um, and I was really struggling financially and I wanted more than anything in the world to be independent, self-sufficient and to not be worried about money that every time some Somebody gave anything to me, even if it was just out of the goodness of their heart. I felt just this, I felt depleted, like, like, oh my God, I just can't provide and I'm not enough. And I took this and I got to the point where I was really having a difficulty receiving. Like, and I just felt like every time somebody did something for me or, or offered me something that was just, this was this big attachment. It was a mental, emotional, energetic attachment that I created to everything's like yeah. that, where I was just, and it was in my head, you know, a lot of times, because a lot of, I had a lot of people that were really amazing and really you know really helped me out of the kindness of their heart you know through a difficult time raising two kids you know uh, with a lot of medical needs and 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 things like that and and um I really learned uh, about giving and receiving and and when you allow yourself and you open yourself up to receive abundance start flow starts flowing in both directions and the more the opportunities you have to give and to give without expectation of anything in return and knowing that if I'm pouring out and then I'm op- I'm an open channel to receive back as well and allow others to give to me. It becomes this beautiful flow of prosperity that flows between people. And well, things. and I don't think it has to be mutually between those two people. Right. Like be open. So one of the things that I, I, I learned when I got into energy work, um, I had a really, really powerful meditation and a vision that really showed me something um, really important with respect to energy movement and it was a clear um, visual experience in my own mind where I could see the, um, if you can imagine like a, a superhero movie or something where you're seeing the vibration coming out, like imagine like a, um, let's say a whale or a dolphin or something and they're using sonar and they always project, they always show the, the do, 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 you know, they show the waves, energy waves going, yeah. yeah, the waves going through the water or whatever. I had this strong visual idea of that in that when we create, when we give, when we, when we direct energy out like that, or when we give of ourselves, when we do that, we, we, it actually creates a vacuum within us that for that energy frequency to be filled back up. So, so it creates energy flow and flow is way more important than all the other stuff without flow. You get stagnation and you get death. And so you don't get that change that you need. You don't get that fresh oxygen. You don't get that exchange that all those things that happen that are centered around movement and flow. And I realized very early on that um, this is about 20 years ago or so in my adult life that. I don't need to have this gigantic fat bank account. I don't need to have a ton of stuff. 
what I need is some way to flow. I need a way for energy to flow through me. And I've channeled my time and energy into figuring out how to get energy to flow through me. And so now um, what I've discovered is that you can have a small cup and keep that flow coming in and you will always be full. It will always feel full and you can then overflow and flow into other people. And it's easy, easy, easy to give to other people then. Um, Not that it's hard before, but when your cups fairly feels empty, then it's hard. But if your cup's too big because you think you need this gigantic, huge vat to hold before you can give, it's going to take you a while to fill that up before you feel comfortable giving. Well, and, and that's what I think a lot of people do. They get caught in this idea of materialism where they get caught up in the idea of having to be a certain, I got to get to a certain level and then I'll feel comfortable doing this because I need to have this this much money in my savings account. There's something to be said for a little prudence and being you know, uh, responsible and, and planning for hiccups and cash flow issues and things like that. But what I really realize is that I'm taken care of. Like as long as energy is flowing, as long as I have a way for energy to flow, I'll always have one of my needs met always. And it's always worked out that way down to the, sometimes the day, the literal day when I needed money and it came in that day. Uh, Now I'm in a different flow. My flow is greater because I've been able to channel that more and more. And it's, it's become a a much greater flow. And so now I'm flowing, but I'm still, still keep my cup fairly small, relatively speaking. And and I just let it flow through me. I don't build this giant. I think that's the difference, like learning from being in the Pearl Sequence Retreat with Richard Rudd and Gene Keys, where they talk about the difference between wealth with wealth is this, it's this energy wealth, being wealthy comes from an energy of scarcity. It's born out of scarcity scarcity and it's the need to hoard wealth, to hold money and to have all this money and all this stuff that you're saving for a rainy day. So you're holding it and you stop the flow of that money because it stays in your bank account, not serving anybody. You get these big houses and these big spaces and all this stuff and 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 you have all this stuff so that you look wealthy um but really it's the stagnant energy that owns you and true prosperity is that uh, is exactly what you're saying that smaller cup so that it takes less to fill it up but there's always this flow it's always overflowing you always feel an abundance your needs are always met you have what you need you take what you need and that and that means you know you also have what you need in case of emergency and Mm -hmm. hiccups as you call them or things like that but then there's this just this beautiful flow Mm -hmm. and you're always taking care of it and and with that comes peace you get this peace in your soul that goes with that as well and that's really beautiful and that's something that that, um, that I'm learning and that I'm really, I'm in this space now where I, I realize that I just need so little to be happy and I'm in a much better place to, to give of myself to others and to give freely and to do things like that. And then, um, with my work, you know, I'm getting really intentional on the value that I bring and what I offer and what I carry and knowing that it's, it's, it's okay to ask for my worth and my value because I know what I bring to the table and it has a lot of value. And that's something um, as we're starting our new community, um, Meraki Tribe Collective, and we're putting that out there, that's something that we really want to encourage Mm -hmm. our members to do is to get really clear on what they offer and the value they bring to the table and establish a price for that and say, this is what this service is worth and this value. And believe it in your soul too. know that this is my worth 
And if you know you can't deliver, if you're charging way more than the value you're delivering, that's not an integrity. And you're going to not, you're going to have this this feeling of of being out of integrity in your soul. And that's going to eat at you. And it's going to create unease and anxiety. I think that can go the other way too. You can undercharge and undervalue. That's one of my issues when I was starting my my other business, when I was doing data-based development and design, I was developing those things. And as maybe about... hmm, 12 years ago or so. And I had this guy, another guy look at my work and he's, and he said, this is really, really impressive. And he's like, but how much, what are you charging for this? You know? And I told him and he just, he's like, what? <laughs> like you're way undercharging for this, like way undercharging. And I couldn't see it from outside of my own, my own perspective on right. how I would, I, how I would value it because I was doing it from my perspective. Well, yeah, it's easy for me to do. I understand it. I'm the one who built it. I, you know, I get it. But to somebody else, their value of it is going to be very different, right? right? Because they're, they can't they're do a it. business or something. Yeah, they can't do it. And they need that. And, and it provides a huge value to their, to their business. And so when he, he, that really drove home the point, right? I need to reevaluate how I, how I uh, charge for my services and how I, I still don't charge as much as everyone else in my industry. Cause I still think it's a lot of money. <laughs> I just think it's a, a lot of money for what I do, but, um, and, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I think but you know, as we're starting this community, another thing I would say to say to members is that it, if you're if you're charging too little and you don't feel good about it, then raise your prices. Like be in integrity with what you're doing. Be integrity don't, with the value don't, of life. Yeah, don't try to win at the game. Be in integrity with who you are to that point where the right people will show up for you. And if they don't show up, then maybe it's not the right career for you. Or maybe they're not, there's something else that's off or something right. that needs to be adjusted. But uh, I think um, one of the strategies I'm imploring in my, in my energy uh, work is that I just guarantee my work. If you don't feel like you got any value for it, then you don't, I'll refund your money. That's fine. I, I, you know, it's really, I'd rather, and then I, and then I also, that gives me information that I know that they're not the right client for me. They're not either, they're not receiving or they're not ready to heal or they're not, there's something there that's not an integrity on their side because I know what I'm doing is an integrity. And so, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with letting that. I don't need that money so badly that I have to grab everything that comes along. Right. And allowing for that is really, I think, is also really important so that we don't get clingy to everything that comes along because desperation is really easy to smell as well. Right. You and know? you know, and for years, I would take on clients that I didn't want to do the Me work too. because I needed the money. Yep. And, <laughs> yep. and what I found is I there was a lot of resentment and mm. I had a hard time getting the work done and it became stressful. And they were always the most difficult clients clients that are not in alignment are almost always are the most difficult because yeah. they're not in alignment. Yeah. Something just feels off. And so the whole time you're working with them, it feels just incongruent. Right. And so I, I really try to, to, to be very intentional about knowing the value that I bring to the table, making sure that I'm delivering results and transformation and whatever it is that I say that I, that I'm promising that I'm delivering on that and that they're able to receive it and that they're showing up. You know, this is something that um, we've talked about a lot when we, we hold ceremony and, and when we, and, and really that the, something that's a big thing to talk about in the healing community is back in the day, um, shamans uh, in, in like indigenous cultures, um, the shaman was 
they did their healing work and they didn't charge for it. It was just a free service that they, that they did because the shaman, the wisdom keeper of the, of the, the tribe, they were held in great esteem and they were provided a free house to live in and food and, and the community and the tribe took care of them and provided for all of their needs. And so they didn't need to go out and earn a living and make money and be able to pay their rent and put food on the table to feed their kids. And because they were provided for by the tribe, and in exchange for that, you know, they kept their tribe safe. They kept their tribe protected. They they interceded, you know, with, with nature and and um and other tribes and like other tribes. Just, yeah, and the, the the shamans and the wisdom keepers of the tribe provided so much service to everybody else, and it wasn't in exchange for money. Right. But unfortunately, we don't live in a world like that where healers are, you know, taken care of by the tribe and where the healers are, their bills are paid for it. We still live, we live in a world today where we have to pay rent, we have to buy food, we have to have gas, we have to have a vehicle lead around, we have to have all these things, or we think we do, but for the most part, we kind of have to have them to function in society the way that we live now. And I think that's shifting, though. There is a shift going on right well, now. That's People what, are that's starting to wake up to that yeah, and shift away from those We're trying needs. to create that, but but for now, while we're in this transitions phase where we're moving out of the patriarchal age and the, the age of the, you know, where we're so focused on individuals and eyes, we're coming back into unity. We're coming back into people being more drawn back into the communal living and the tribal living and living for ourselves and living, you know, not just living for ourselves, but living for, you know, the community and taking care of the community and that kind of thing. But until we get there, um, we can't expect people to give their gifts away for free. We can't expect people the time and energy that it puts into learning to, to manage energy and to, to do this healing work and, and, and to do whatever it is you do, whether it's, you know, healing or learning a, a healing practice or in healing or the healing arts, or whether it's just, I mean, building websites that I've, I've spent, you know, 30 years of my life doing marketing and advertising and honing my craft and getting really, really good at what I do. And I'm really, really good at what I do. And I can do it quickly and easily because I have invested hours and hours and hours of my life learning to be good at it and understanding it. And so when you're paying for my services, you're not just paying for that hour of time that it took me to whip out your, you know, piece of art that I created for your logo or whatever. You're paying for all the years of experience that I poured into learning that craft and being really good at that craft or all of the years, like when I do Gene Keys readings, I, I charge for them. Um, but I've literally spent, I, first of all, I spend 90 minutes on just about every reading. And, but b- before I sit down and do a reading with somebody, I sit with their chart. I go through all of their Gene Keys. I read them. I study them. I make sure that I understand them. And I have spent hours and hours and hours reading and listening and studying and honing my craft and honing my skills so that I can guide somebody, you know, through the gene keys and through their, their profile so that they can understand it so they can take and shift their life and change their life. And it's, it's a, it's, it's a ton of, I mean, that's the one thing that I Meraki the most in my life is gene keys probably (laughs) because it's the thing that just is it. it, I love that teaching the wisdom that it carries. And I, I just, I, my favorite thing in the world is to share that with other people because it's so transformational. Um, It really is for the very short amount of time that people are engaged with it it's i'm watching this over and over happen with different people that you do these jinkies and it activates them and i can see them shift their life shifts into a different gear it's really remarkable 
It really is. And, and I can see how that can be hard to charge for on some levels too, because you love it so much that it's like, doesn't feel like work. It's fun. You know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's actually a really enjoyable experience to give somebody that gift. And so it doesn't feel like something that's, you feel like you even need to charge for. And it's such a gift to me to watch their lives. I've seen so many people that I've shared gene keys with, and I had somebody call me recently and she's on this whole different path and purpose. And she says, you know what started me down this road and gave me the belief in myself that I could actually do this work. She said, it's when you did that jinkies reading for me. And she said it literally, and this was a couple of years back. And she said, it literally put in my head that I could do the work that I truly want felt called to do. And I could step into it. She goes, and it was because of that reading. And and now she's really stepping into that. And it's really beautiful Mm -hmm. to see. I've I've had so many people that have, have it's activated them into really stepping into their path and purpose, but and, I, and I've really struggled with charging for it. Um, but my time, unfortunately, you know, I still have bills and I still have to live as well. And, and so making, so this whole concept of energy exchange is something that comes up a lot. And it's something that um, I think is so, a conversation is so needed in this community. And, and by, you know, by people to, to understand that when you are asking somebody to give something to you for free and discount their services or to do it, it's, it's almost disrespectful and not an integrity, you know, and, and now if they offer it to you and they offer to give it to you as a gift, you know, then it's also beautiful to receive it and just allow yourself to be worthy of receiving. And it comes down to our personal self-worth and self-value. And I think so much of life comes down to that awareness of our own intrinsic value and own intrinsic self-worth. And a lot of us are, um, operating from this deep scarcity mindset around our own, our deepest scarcity is around our own value and our own self-worth. Yeah. And when we, we truly know that every single one of us has a divine purpose encoded in our DNA, that without doing anything else, we are valuable. We're born worthy. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to go out and do anything just because we are experiencing this beautiful gift of life means we're worthy. We're worthy of grace. We're worthy of love. We're worthy of, of everything. Yeah. If you ever feel like you're, you, you look at, at the, all these humans running around and they're, and, and you start to feel like they don't have any value anymore because they're so prolific. <laughs> just everywhere you look, there's, there's so people, uh, the best way to really learn how to appreciate how amazing we are is to go spend some time away from them all for a long time, like yeah. to really get out in the country or to get into a space where you would be grateful to come across another human. Because when you're in a space where you're alone and you're forced to be in aloneness for a long time, it is really, really tough. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. is. I mean, a lot of people are going through that right now with the COVID shutdowns and all this um, hoopla that's going on and, and getting a taste of that, but it's not the same as like being out in the, in the desert or out in the jungle or something. And you don't have anyone around and you're hoping to God that you find somebody because if yeah. you don't, you might not survive, you know, and realize how much we need each other and how much that, how important it is that we do have these energy exchanges with each other and that we do learn how to become conscious, aware of those relationships so that we can be mutually uh, beneficial to each other. You know? Exactly. You know, and one thing I think that um, I learned from reading Brene Brown, um, I used to be really obsessed with her books. And I think, I think it's in the book Rising Strong. She tells the story of this homeless guy that she used to, um, 
you know, look, drive past and look at and look down on. And like, and then one day she came in and she heard this beautiful music and he was at this piano playing and he was playing this beat. It was the day her mother died or had a heart attack or passed out. It was like some big trauma thing happening in her life and this beautiful mu music. And it was the homeless guy. And, and she talked about how like, we don't, um, we don't, we look at people and we look down on them and then we judge them because of their circumstances, but we don't humanize them. We just look at them through the eyes of judgment. And, and, and she says, you know, one of the, and that's something I really, after reading that book, um, when I lived in the hammock in, um, in Florida and in Palm coast, and there was a homeless guy there. He looked like Albert Einstein. So we all called him, we, my kids and I called him Einstein and he was kind of a little crazy. And he had this voice when he's like, he talked like this and he sounded like he was sucking on the healing balloon all the time. And it was really weird. This, it was this really masculine looking man. And, and he had this little helium voice, but, but I started, I used to run and I would get out and I would run miles and miles by myself out in the, and, um, I would pass this homeless guy. And at first I would not make eye contact with him. I would run past him really fast and like keep my head down and, and, and um, because I was like, oh, what if he's a crazy guy and he's going to like drag me in the woods and kill me or, you know, cut my toes off mm -hmm. or something. You know? Given some of your prior experience. <laughs> I can't appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, but, but as, as I was reading this book, I, um, I started uh, realizing that, you know, he's just, he's just another human. He's another person. So I started when I'd run past him, I'd look at him and I'd say, good morning. And I'd smile really big. And I'd say, it's a beautiful day for a run. And I just started acknowledging him every time I would run past him. And, and, and he started, like, he would see me coming and he would get this big smile on his face. And because I, I, I would see him, like really see him and I would greet him. And, and it got to be where like, I would notice he would be out. Like when I was running, I would always see him on my runs. And, and, and one day I was out running and it was a really hot day. And, um, the kids, they brought me some water because uh, I was running like an, it was a eight times marathon training and I was running like an 18 mile run and I'd been out there for a long time and, and they brought me some water and I was passing him at the time that they stayed pulled up and I spoke to him and, uh, and Doug at the time, uh, my partner at the time, he uh, was horrified that I spoke to this homeless guy, like, what are you doing? You're going to get yourself killed. And I'm like, you know, no, I, I, I don't feel any, like in the, I don't feel a negative energy around him at all. And, and, um, and I went on for years where I would see him. And then one summer he, winter, he just disappeared. We didn't see him anymore. And I always wondered what happened to him or where he went, or, you know, I, we used to think about him a lot. Like we haven't seen Einstein in a long time. And, and, um, but it was really, um, I felt for a long time, I wouldn't look and at here him. Here he is, you know, he's running the country. It's so here. <laughs> Yeah, but Sorry. no, it was really because I like his once mm. I was able to look him in the eye and humanize him and smile at him, then the energy like I didn't feel any negative energy. I didn't feel any threat from him. I felt really safe and protected around him. And, you know, he would and he would start. He had conversations with me. He'd always he, he would like wait for me, you know, to drive past and always smile and wave. And I would run past him and. And, and it was, um, it was really interesting to watch and to watch how we humanize people. And those are energetic exchanges as well, you know, yes, and, and can. I think I probably got more out of that exchange than he did, yeah, you know, right. and to be honest, like it really, it felt good to, to be able to look at somebody. And then like, I really wanted to sit down and have a conversation with him and ask him how he got there. And, you know, but he just, you know, and he told me, he just chooses his life. That was, I, we, I talked to him briefly a couple of times and he said, yep, I just, this is my choice is to live simply and he said i'm choosing this like it's not I, wow. I, and it was his choice and it was interesting and so 
That reminds me of a story. Um, if you don't mind me indulging yeah, me for no, a minute. Um, so <clears throat> this is a little bit of a longer story, but uh, it really illustrates that point you just made about receiving more than you expect. <laughs> uh, so when I was about five, I distinctly remember watching TV and I remember seeing the, they were showing the Save the Children, Starving Children in Africa commercial was on. And I watched it. Like I watched, I watched everything on TV at that time, but that was, that was pretty new to us. But I was so just like, what? This is, how can this possibly be? Like, why are they not, why is no one giving them food? Like, I don't understand. And uh, I told my brother, I asked my brother, I said, well, I wonder, do you think I could send them this candy bar? Because I was holding like, a, I don't know, it was like some kind of <laughs> Hershey's bar or something. And my brother just laughed at me. He's, he was like five, six years older than me. And he said, uh, he said, no, no, you won't have there. They eat rice and stuff and corn meal. They don't eat candy bars and stuff, you know? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm five. I just want the kids <laughs> to eat something, right? So what's interesting about that, that little uh, prelude is that uh, fast forward to you know I was 23 um suddenly found myself on a plane to Africa uh, my senior year of college and uh I was going over there doing an internship I kind of in the last minute through one of my professors it was this really fast last minute opportunity and I just jumped at it and so I'm on this plane. I'm uh, heading to Africa by myself, and I get over there, and I spent the whole, I spent ten weeks over there over the summer, and uh, and at the research station we were working, I was working in an aquaculture research station, and the guy that ran this research station is an older gentleman from Malawi. It was a, a country I was in was Malawi, and uh, his name was Mr. Mpate, and he was just the most gentle, kindest, beautiful person, like just beautiful heart, really kind and very, very, very nice. And uh, I always enjoyed talking. He'd always make me tea and we'd sit and talk and stuff. And he asked me questions. And, and uh, but there was a number of times where he would, he would either not come in or he would say, I have to leave early. I have to go. My son needs, to, I need to take my son to the hospital. And so I found out that his, one of his children, he had like five or six kids, I think. Uh, but one of his youngest, second youngest, I think, was about 12, 11 or 12. And he had brought him and he had gotten a burn um, from the fire or something. I don't remember exactly what the, the circumstances were that led to this. But they brought him to the hospital. The hospital used a, reused a needle and infected him with HIV. And from there, he started getting all kinds of disease because it's prevalent. And so here's this little boy with HIV and he's dying and he's dying. Oh, God knows what, you know, who knows what kind of diseases he's carrying at that point. Um, but Mr. Mpati was gone all summer. It, 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 this was like a common thing. He's like, I have, I can't, I, I have to go. Uh, so he was gone a lot. And towards the end of the summer, it was interesting because as that summer rolled on, that was probably one of my most transformative years of my life where I came from this really selfish perspective of life. Very, very uh, me focused and all about what I, you know, very American. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but it was a very American kind of attitude. And uh, by the end of the summer, I was like, I, I need to come and go see this, meet this young boy. You know, I need to go at least say hello. And I decided I'm going to bring him a candy bar. Like 
I can't solve his problem, but I can bring just a touch of joy to his life, you know? And so I went and got one of these giant size, the biggest candy bar I could find, you know? Uh, it was a, I think it was a Nestle's Crunch Bar or something. And, and I won't buy anything from Nestle anymore. Just, <laughs> I didn't know back then how evil they are. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so, so we took the afternoon and we drove out way out into the country to this little teeny village. And this old, it's, just, it's this little rundown old village. And, and I go into this room and here's this little boy and he's sitting on the edge of the bed. And he looked about as miserable as anybody could look. And he didn't look at me. He didn't look up. He didn't say anything. He was like, he was almost comatose. And it was really hard to look at. And it was really hard to even be in that space and sit next to him. And, and you don't know what to say. You know, what can you say? <laughs> I'm sorry, you know. Um, but I just said, you know, I don't know if you've had one of these before, but I want you to have this, you know, and he told him and his dad and he kind of gave it to him and, and he kind of like, he didn't really even look at it. He just kind of took it and he just didn't, he, I don't even think he even realized what was going on. Like it was, he seemed to be really out of it. And uh, I didn't think much else of it. You know, I thought, well, you know, it's it a nice thought, you know, and, and uh, I left, he went back a couple of weeks after that. Uh, Mr. Mpate was the one that drove me the seven hour journey car ride back to the international airport and on the way back just before we got to the airport he pulled off and he said i have to stop i have to get you something and i'm like what <laughs> what that's really surprised and he said well and he went into this little shop and he had he had to buy these special little um cake things that were like triangular i don't remember they're like deep fried something i don't i honestly don't want to know what was <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those cases where the thought really counts. Uh, but he bought me that in a Fanta, you know, like a orange drink order. And and he said, my son wanted you. He said, I, I must buy these for you. That I must give this to you. Like he really wants you to have this as a thank you for the chocolate bar. And I I lost it. Like I really lost um, control of my emotions. Because I really came to realize that this little boy, after all that he had been through and all of the pain and suffering that he's going through, he's still thinking about someone else. He's able to think about someone else. And I thought, my God, this is a real good lesson for me to take in right now, you know, about how I feel and what I, how I relate to people and how I interact with people and the effect I have on people and the power that we have with our intentions and our thoughts. And there was so, I got so much out of that energy exchange, <laughs> way, way more than he ever beautiful. did. It was really, really beautiful thing. And it was, um, it was really sad. I mean, he, he died the day after I returned. I got a message from Mr. Potty that he passed away, like right after I left. So it was, um, I know he really touched me. That really touched me and he changed my life. And if you want to talk about sacred contracts and things like that, I think there was something involved there. Pretty significant that he, he just the whole, and the way that I, that I remember the whole conversation with my brother as a child about the candy, like the, like the fact that all that kind of happened and and it all came in a came full circle. And you were in Africa and got to give the kid a candy bar. Literally, like literally went through this experience. And then it became a beautiful lesson And it became an incredible lesson for me, like really, really empowering. That whole trip was absolutely life-changing. And if you really want to get to know yourself, 
go grab a backpack and just go travel. <laughs> just well, go travel know, in other I countries. Think, You'll learn so much about I who you are. I think that part of what helped me to get over my you know, materialistic ways of being in my, you know, what I had, and, and I didn't realize for a long time is because I lacked worth and value in myself that I had thought I had to have all these things to make me have value. Mm-hmm. And once I learned and I realized like I truly got it on a cellular level that I, I intrinsically am carry value and worth, you know, without anything else, just me and then myself and what I bring to this world is, is enough and, and that I carry that value. And once I knew that, I knew that that wasn't me being selfish or, or, you know, that, that that's when I walk in my worth and I walk with value and I carry myself, um, you know, in that way in the world, I give other people permission to do the same, to step up and see their own value and to walk in the world and demand their worth and demand that they are treated with, with, as a, as a human being, you know, valued and respected and honored. And, and the more we carry ourselves that way, the more we give others permission to do the same. And that's how we slowly ripple out into the world. But once I understood my intrinsic value, then I was able to really, um, let go of the need for all the materialistic things and to, to uh, know what, like what I'm here to do in this world. And that is to really um, be the embodiment of compassion, to bring peace and harmony and to create community and to teach others their value and their worth so that they can go out and so that we can all live in our highest and go out and be in service to the world. And that that's, that that's our, that's our place to be. And, and the thing, the place that I learned that is going to Peru when I went to Peru and I saw the just abject poverty like we went into the jungle and uh, we we took a boat five hours up the river into the jungle and to the Shintua tribe and and then we went to to um, we went to Shintua and then we took and we went up to to visit this tribe and they hadn't seen they hadn't seen anybody with blonde hair I had long <laughs> blonde hair and and that all the kids were just constantly like touching my hair and wanting to you know wanting the, and it was really but the, these children they had no shoes they they were just filthy and they, they had any clothes in their houses they didn't have they had dirt floors and and there was no electricity no running water no like they cooked over a fire and it was so primitive and they were so poor and they were so full of joy and so just giving and loving and they were making me little gifts and bringing them to me and and wanting to like braid my hair and I braided all the little girls hair and put, I gave them all little colorful hair bows for their hair and 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 it was just I, but and they sang we taught them songs and they sang and we had dinner each night with a different family they invited us in and and just prepared what they had and we ate whatever they offered us like whatever they served and right. some of it was one of those cases of, mm-hmm. i don't necessarily know what but we took whatever they gave because they <laughs> they were so poor they right. had nothing yeah. but they just opened up and they just shared everything they had with us and they were just so generous and 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 they were so full of just joy, you know, and it was so beautiful. And I came back from there, just really like changed as a person, you know, and really knowing what matters and, and what we value. And I know, and I've continued to walk this path and, and really um, have these conversations around value and exchange and energy exchange. And what does that mean? And, and, um, and, and how can I, 
operate from a space where my cup is overflowing so that I'm always giving, but also allowing myself to receive as well, because I'm worthy of that. And, and you, know, we get so caught up in this worth conversations in this the self uh, self-worth and our own value. And when we don't know our value, we, we, we can't properly function in the world. And so we get stuck in this victim mindset where everything's like the world is happening to us. And, and we're constantly giving our power away, trying to fill this emptiness inside of us. And um, what I'm really hoping, like part of my uh, vision for building Meraki is that we can build a community online and ultimately offline where we bring people in and we just fill them up and we really have them get their value and get and, and see their gifts and recognize their gifts and that we open people's eyes up you know to the awareness of the gifts that we all carry yeah I think the the, the real value in that is not the not just that they can see their worth but they can feel their worth because that's where the rubber really meets the road when you really feel your own divine self and you really feel that divine that real authentic love for yourself it's it's a profound experience that in, in, until you have it you you don't really know what that feels like and it's kind of like you know having a kid you don't know what it's like until you have a kid and then you realize how significant it's changing your life it's it's it's, it's life-changing experience yeah um but it's one of those things that that it's so powerful when you feel it when you really are are given an opportunity to feel your worth and to have people love into you in such a way to really show you that that it doesn't matter even how you show up to show you how to be loved how god loves you how god loves all of us is is in such a way that it's not we don't have to do anything to receive grace to receive that love it's just we just have to accept it exactly and we have to be able to we receive can, and we have to be able to receive yeah and some people struggle with that they do they really you know honestly struggle with the receiving i struggled with that weak. my whole life because i was taught i was ready i was born on a sunday and in church for the first time on I, mean, I was born on a Thursday and in church for the first time on a Sunday. I was three days old and I had 12 years of perfect attendance before I ever missed a service of church. We went every time the doors were open. And so, so to say that I was programmed and let me tell you, <laughs> my parents are two of the most giving, loving. They actually live what they believe. Like right. they, they walk their talk. Like um, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for having been raised in a Christian home. Um, but I really struggled with a lot of the teachings that I was taught growing up because I was constantly taught that I am a sinner saved by grace. And that's my only, you know, my only uh, value or hope to get to heaven is, is to have somebody intercede in my part and that for such a worm as I, and that my righteousness is filthy rags and that just all these things like i i was taught that everything that i that gave me value or worth was outside of me so i spent my entire life seeking something outside of me you know whether it was being in relationship with people or you know with my physical looks or with my uh, the house i lived in the things i had all these things i was constantly seeking outside of myself for my own sense of worth and my own sense of and and i was deeply programmed that i was not worthy and uh, and from my the christian upbringing and stuff like that and although I don't believe the way that my parents do anymore. I very much believe that God is love. And I believe in the Christ consciousness and the teachings of of Christ. That is all about love and that we are, that divinity is within us. The kingdom of God is within everything that we need is within us, that we were born in God's image. 
And so we are, we are little fractal shards of God walking around, little pieces of divinity. And we just get to choose to live and believe that and know in that way and receive that and accept that. And when we do, um, then we can go out into the world and we can shine out into the world and we can share that love out into the world. And that's, that's really, I think, the ultimate gift that you can give. And it has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with things like that. And I think when you get on your path and you're living in purpose and you're living in alignment with your gifts and your true purpose in life, that everything that you need, the people that you need, um, the resources that you need will flow to you in abundance. And that's how we create that energetic exchange where we keep our vibration and we let everything vibrate to us that we that we need so that we can further our path and purpose. And I get that I'm a little bit of a Pollyanna um, <laughs> and a Pisces, but I truly, I truly believe that with everything in my being and I'm grateful for all the lessons that I've had in my lifetime that have brought me to where I am today, you know, so that I could know my value and know my worth and know um, and, and consciously choose to exchange my energy with others and what I share and what I give and also what I receive back and what I allow and accept. So one of the things I would like to do is um, shift the conversation more into strategies. Like what are some strategies do you think that we could employ or, or offer people to assist them in learning how to be um, more conscious in their energy exchange? What are some tools and things that you know of? I mean, I can think of a couple. Um, uh, one that I use is, is I, I just apply a guarantee to my work. So if, if you work with me, it's guaranteed. Like I, I'm going to stand behind what I do or I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't work out, that's on me. Um, I'll take that's fine. Um, but uh, I think that it, it eliminates that, that risk factor where you feel like, oh, I don't want to spend money on that because I don't know how it's going to turn out. Well, you know, if it doesn't work the way you need it to, or you don't think that you got any value out of it, then that's fine. Cool. We can, I can, I can accept that. Um, what are some other strategies you think that people could use for that? I think that the strategy that has been really been resonating with me right now is to get really clear on what you want in life, what you want to call into your life. And, um, and that's sitting down and taking stock of like an inventory list of, you know, what, what your, what your gifts are, like understanding your gifts. Um, obviously the tool that I use for that is Gene Keys. And I think that every single person on the planet, um, if they could sit down and just get their hologenetic profile and sit with their Gene Keys and understand, you know, see what their gifts are, what they bring to the table, take an inventory of their gifts, and they get really clear on what, what they offer, what they bring to the table, have clear, well-written offers, like if particularly if you're in business and you're offering a service, you know, what do you bring to the table? What do you offer? And get really clear on what those things are. And um, I could not agree more. more. I, I, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, I never really gave astrology much credit. I, I, you know, I mean, I can understand the theory behind it. Um, some of the ideas and I've heard, you know, the horoscopes and stuff, everything seemed kind of general to me and kind of could fit 
a lot of different people. So it just didn't feel like anything until you came along and showed me Gene Keys. And oh my God, like every time we, you do a reading for somebody, it just about knocks my socks off too. I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by how accurate it is and how much of an effect it has on people myself included like it's really lit a fire under me as well because it's it, it's so accurate with respect to some things that you know only only a handful of people maybe know about me that i've shared and to see it <laughs> written into these um, so clearly and so explicitly is really kind of a head turner it really has my head spinning some days where i'm just like wow this is there's something really really significant here and that is a fantastic tool for really understanding who you are because i think that's fundamental to to knowing who you are to knowing how to how you twerk with your energy and how to exchange energy with people right so, so I think there's a lot of value I do. so would you get really clear on what your gifts are mm-hmm. and what your shadows are like the areas where you get to raise your vibration the areas because i believe that like we we took on i really believe in, in the sacred contracts that we contracted you know to do certain work in this world and to learn certain things and we come here and so we draw the people in our life that are going to help us to embody those lessons and truly learn them or we keep doing it until we figure it out and get it um but I, I believe that when you get really clear on what your gifts are and what your shadows are and you it, everything starts with awareness and yeah. for me um one of the most difficult things, because I do not take feedback well, sometimes I get my, I used, to, I used to take things really personally. So I think the first thing everybody does, read the book, The Four Agreements, um, learn not to take things personally, understand that nothing anyone does is because of you, it's only because of themselves. But once I was able to really start looking at myself through the eyes of awareness and seeing how I show up and noticing where my shadows are and the things I struggle with and what keeps me from being fully engaged in the world and then learning the gift in that and how to shift that so that I can walk in the world in this open-hearted way that I that I can really step into my gifts and step into being in service. And, and I truly believe that the highest gift that we can give to the world is to be in service to humanity with using our gifts, our intrinsic gifts. And, our, and if you don't know your own value, your own worth, you can't do that. So tools like Gene Keys give you that. And like the book, The Four Agreements is another tool that I highly recommend if you want to yeah. really be able to shift the way that you think and, and understand so that you can become aware of, you know, what you bring to the table and really start understanding and knowing your own intrinsic value so that you know that if you're not living up to who you know you are and you're out of integrity with that, then you have work to do for yourself first, mm-hmm. you know, and I believe that our biggest role is to heal ourselves first, heal our woundings, to heal our ancestral woundings, to heal our lineage, to heal, to heal ourselves so that we can then take those gifts and take that value out into the world and really start being a contribution to the healing of humanity and the collective. Well said. Yeah. And, um, and that, and when you do that, that's, that's a great starting point. Um, but it, everything starts with awareness. It yeah, really starts yeah. with being able to look at yourself and see your flaws, see the areas um, where you uh, you stand to grow and not looking through the eyes of judgment, you know, not looking through the eyes of making yourself bad and wrong and, and but looking through the eyes of, oh, this is something that I can work on. This is something that I can consciously make the choice to shift and to evolve and 
and it, it begins with awareness. And then once you step into awareness and you just, and you can step back and look, that's one of the things I love about plant medicines is because they allow you to look through the eyes of the observer and kind of see yourself um, without all the judgment attached mm-hmm. to it and all that stuff. And that, for me, that was a tool. Yeah. That was another tool that I used tool. to really step into a step out of judgment and step into possibility and to open my mind yeah. and expand my awareness and for me to let go of some of the programming and the dogma and the and the just the all the not me my not self <laughs> that I had been living in for so long letting go of that and then really stepping into um, possibility and I, I think that's where you start. And with awareness, once we step into awareness, then we can step into the integration, taking that awareness and actually integrating it into our lives. And then through that integration, we can we can begin to embody it and become it and then just go out and live it in the world. Yes. And I think it, but I think it starts with using tools like, you know, for me, plant medicines, gene keys, um, and really getting to know myself um, was where I started. And uh and that, and that brought me to where I am today, where, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about these big, huge esoteric conversations of, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel like it. I've spent my entire life as a seeker because I was always trying to seek that void, seeks whatever I could find to fill that void within me. But once I was able to discover you know, and really get my own intrinsic value. Now I'm no longer a seeker. I am living, you know, with this just big passion, this burning passion to make a difference in the world, to have a legacy, to like really step into um, making sure that my life matters, that I'm not a non-player character, an NPC walking around the world, but that my life actually makes a difference, you know, (laughs) that my life actually makes a difference in the world, that I, that my existence, you know, impacts other people in a way that creates a shift and creates change and brings some joy and peace and happiness to the world. Yeah. Awareness is key. Self-awareness is the key to the self to really trans transmuting that programming from our childhood and whatnot, ancestral programming, all of it. But taking the time into really sitting with yourself and being honest with yourself is the other hard one for a lot of people. It's really hard to be honest about yourself and to really sit with yourself long enough to see your own stuff that needs to be worked out, you know? Yeah. Um, my trip to Africa, I was just talking about a little while ago, was one of those years in my life that was such a pivotal time in my life. I, I came back completely changed. I was different. I even had a different accent. I started talking like an English person because that's the way people over <laughs> there talk. And so I would come. I came back, and my, my brother's like, "What's with the accent? What are you? Why are you talking like your kids came back from England?" <laughs> And I, I don't know if I could do it now, but I, I picked up all these different aspects of myself because um, a it helped me fit in better over there, but it but it also showed me a lot about where I was really missing the mark. I mean, really missing the mark, and some of the things. Um, and I won't go into this in the stories now, but uh, that profound um, self honesty 
really saying, this is what I need. This needs to change. And then focusing on that long enough to change it, figuring out where the programming was that's got that stuck like that. And most of it's just awareness. It's just, you know, habits are just things that we're not aware of. They're just routines that we do. And it's only a habit till you, you're aware of it. Once you're aware of it, now it's a choice. Now exactly. you're choosing it. Are you choosing it? So if you bring it back to always bringing yourself back to a choice point, choice point, choice point, everything is a choice point if you're aware. And when you're aware, you can make a choice. And then you can say, but whatever you choose, then go for it. Don't choose half-ass. Don't choose out of regret. Don't choose the lesser of two evils. Choose what you truly desire and what's going to bring you where you want to go and step into it fully then no matter what you choose and that's why i always say choose wherever you want when you choose your programming but choose it consciously make sure you do because if you don't somebody else will i exactly. guarantee you somebody's out there waiting to choose how to program you and they will and, and shut off the tv, <laughs> yeah, that's, the off the TV. Big, that's the other big key. you know for me the biggest um when turn i started through my really going through my healing and really stepping into awareness i turned off the television i got rid of my tv altogether yeah. And I haven't had a TV in five years and I don't got, miss it. We got rid of ours 20 years ago. We yeah, never back. I didn't have a TV growing don't, up don't miss at, it all. at all. Um, I didn't have a television growing up, but I got rid of it five years ago and I don't miss it at all. Like I spend my time, I watch documentaries and I read just voraciously and I talk and I connect. I really like, I love just sitting and having conversations like this. And I do this a lot. One of the things I think. Well, I, but if we do, if we do digest media, we choose what we watch. Right. We're choosing I our consciously content. choose the media. We're not just blindly flipping through channels and letting somebody else program our consciousness. Like that's, that's really what I mean. I don't know as many people that do that anymore because my friend group has shifted or my, the people that I spend time with has shifted into more people like yourself and myself. But, but I do, I do remember a lot of people in the past that were just that they were, they would just sit on the couch and stare and click, 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 click through the, through the channels. And I'm like, and you, and then they, you would ask them, you know, what's going on. And they would talk to you about the commercial they saw. Like that's your level of consciousness is what commercial you saw. (laughs) Come on, man. Like there's a whole world out there full of, uh, incredible exciting amazing things to discover and you're talking about a stupid advertisement right that was maybe a little bit funny but really like that's your level of consciousness yeah okay we're not on the same i like when i when i was talking about when i went through my purge i purged all those people out of my life i yeah. just let them go you yeah. know i don't really have not any, with not with resentment but not just, with, you know, not with, just, with love i yeah, when just, i let I need something to go i, I always let it go yeah. i release it with love and yeah. grace and i send it out into yeah. the world and you know pray for its healing pray for them yeah. you know, if it's something whatever i just let it go i let go of a lot of things in my life and really let those people go and i'm so fortunate to be surrounded by people now that really hold me high like my best friend i she can give me feed. i have a couple people in my life that they can give me feedback and and it can be really hard to hear and they're really you know they they don't they don't candy coat it they don't sugarcoat it they don't you know they just say you know and they're really honest and they help me to see my blind spots and we talk about it and i never get offended i don't get hurt by it sometimes it, I'm, it might sting a little bit because ouch nobody wants to see we don't want to we don't want to see our blind spots and we don't want to see the areas where we're you know um but when you have somebody that can can show you you and share with you and give you feedback with love, you know, in areas that you can improve and you can receive that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, my, 
I have a couple friends that can pretty much say almost anything to me because I know it's coming from a place of love and is a desire to see me, you know, um, rise and to do well. And it's, it's not to tear me down or to, you know, it's really, and I love that I surround myself with people. So the feedback that I take from people that I use to, to make my choices about how I'm moving forward are from those, those little small pocket of friends that I, that have earned the right to, you know, have a say in, you know, how I view myself and, and the things I see. And, and I'm really grateful that I have people that are really honest with me and, and can say, and I, like, I love the thing I love about our relationship is that we literally can talk about everything and we talk about it and we, you know, work through it together and we don't, you know, we, it's, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing because it, we are, I'm able to expand and to grow and to look at myself and see instead of being victimized by, I spent most of my relationships in the past feeling like I was a victim of the relationship. And I was, I picked a lot of really, um, I picked a lot of people that didn't have the capacity to love me and that were deeply, deeply wounded. And so they were, and hurt people, hurt people. So they were always lashing out out of their own pain. And then I took it personally and mm-hmm. I took it on and I tried to fix and heal everybody. And, and I was not fixed and healed myself. And it was just like, it was chaotic. And um, so I took a break and a sabbatical from relationships and, and really spent time learning to love myself, to becoming my own beloved, to, to, to really learning my own value and learning, um, that I carry value in the world and then demanding that of others. And I have to say that the people that I have in my life, you know, I, I think that they, they value that about me and I value that about them, that we hold each other to a higher standard, you know, in how we show up in the world. And we, 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 we point it out when we're not showing up in integrity, when we're not showing up and we're not being who we say we want to be. And that would be the other thing that I would um, really advise people. This is something we held a ceremony the other day and, one of the things that we talked about a lot is so many people are walking around just lost in life. They don't know their value. They don't know what they're They don't even know what they want. And they're just lost. And they're in this constant state of just, um, they don't have a destination. They don't have a destination. Picked up. They don't know their life is miserable. It just, it's just <laughs> happening to them. Yep. And so one of the things that I've really been, um, you know, recommending to, to the people in my life and the people that I've been working with is to sit down and take the, like the main domains of your life and get really clear on what you want to create in your life, what you want your life to look like. What does that look like? Get really, really clear about what you want your relationships to look like, what you want to call it, and write it down in your own handwriting, get you a journal and write it out and say, you know, my ideal partner, my ideal relationship, whether you're in relationship or not, you know, write down what you want it to look like and how you want your partner to show up and how, and, and, and then ask yourself, how do I have to show up so that they can show up in that way? And the big thing is that I've learned is that if I become what I want to attract and what I want to create, then I attract that into my life. That's what comes into my life. Yep. And so it starts with me. So get really clear. What do I want my body to look like? What I want to be physically healthy? What do I want my career to do for work? What do I want to do for fun? You know, do I want to spend my life just working all the time or do I want to have fun? Do I want to have, you know, things that I, that I pour my myself into that I enjoy so that I have that I'm you know getting all the nectar out of life you know and, and I have things that I love and that I'm spending time and you know then how can I be in service
service? What, what ways can I give to others to be in service? Because there's nothing that feels better than being in service and giving to others. You know, when you're doing it from this place of abundance and prosperity and just a desire to just give, but it all starts with getting really clear on who you are, what you bring to the table, what you offer, and then what you want to create in your life. And then everything that is not that, let it go purge it out, let it go and pour all of your energy into becoming that highest version of yourself. Sit down and write it out. What does it look like? And then every day when you wake up, ask yourself, is what I'm doing today in alignment with having me have what I say I want to create in my life and do that every day. And if it's not, let it go, cut it out. And, and, and that is really how you take your power back. That's how you take your energy back, how you are able to then operate from a space of a full cup so that you're always in this beautiful place of of an energy exchange where you are a choice. And I think that um, becoming fully empowered and fully be means being fully a choice and consciously to be a choice. You need to be aware. So you need to bring awareness. It all keeps coming back together. So it's, it's a complicated game and, and, and it's really beautiful and simple at the same time. I love the way Wayne Dyer used to talk about this concept about getting where you want to go. And he used the example of saying, well, let's say, let's say you want to take a trip and you want to go um, to Los Angeles, California for some reason, Hollywood, you want to go trip, trip to Hollywood or whatever, God forbid, <laughs> you really want to go there, but let's just say that. Let's say Hawaii, let's pick someplace nicer. <laughs> so let's say you want to go to Hawaii. Um, but, but you haven't, but you don't really know what you want to do. You don't know what to do. You just know that you want to get there. So what do you do? What do you have to do to get to Hawaii? And he said, well, you have to take some kind of action. You have to move in some direction to get there. You're not going to get there simply by wanting it. That's not enough. You can be in the resonance of it, but if you don't take action to actually actualize what you are, what you want in life, you're not going to really, it's not going to manifest very easily at all. And so he said, you know, start walking in that direction. That's one thing you could do. You know, you could just get some shoes on, pack your bags and just start walking that direction. Or you could go online, start looking up airline flights, you go look at what's available. What's going to start talking online, start, start asking other people about it. like, there's all these steps you can take to start moving in that direction. Even if you don't know when, how, or how it's going to transpire or what's, you know, what's going to work. It will show, it shows up for you because that's the way the universe works. It really is magical in that sense. If you step into it authentically in that way, yeah, you know, because it's, it's like, it's, it's sympathetic vibration. It just brings things together because that's the nature of the way the universe is built. And it's beautiful. And once you understand that you can start working with those tools, it's one of those powerful tools for really actualizing who you are and actualizing what you want in your life, what you want your life to be. Exactly. But if you don't know what that is, you don't know what that is. You don't know. So, so that goes back to my question. Like, do where do you want to go? Like, I don't know. Okay. Well, you're going to just wander around and around and around in circles. You could go to the airport and go, I don't know where I want to go. You're never going to get there. You might go to Starbucks a bunch of times and into the bathroom a few times, but you're not going to get anywhere else. Like you're not going to get anywhere in life. That what you need to actually sit down and be clear on what you want. And that's foundational, but you have to be clear on who you are too. But you, know, you have to be clear are. on get where clear you away. are now to figure out where you want to go as well. So, so there's that piece as well. You need to recognize who you are, where you are in the space right now. And once you understand those two points of reference, now you have something to work with. Exactly. Get clear on who you are. Get clear on what you want, what you want to create in your life and know that you have the ability to create it. I truly believe that we have the power to create 
using our words, our thought, our frequency, our vibration to create and to draw anything in our lives. We are the artists and the authors of our own existence and our own yes. life. And we are, we are in control and you know, we have the power to, to create, you know, heaven on earth or hell on earth. And it's what well, we do, us. whether we choose it or not. Like right. And we can our, consciously our, our, choose it or we can just float around at the will of the universe. And well, we unconsciously will choose we get it as well. We get you, know, we you also, get what you get and you don't throw a fit. <laughs> well, we also unconsciously choose things too by the, the very vibration that we carry, that we're whatever our woundings are, that we don't heal. If we don't heal those things, they're constantly showing up in our relationships to try to tell us you need to pay attention to this. You need to look at this. I see a lot of people going round and round and round on the same issues keep coming up um you know whether it be scarcity consciousness victim consciousness um these deep profound belief systems that are not necessarily conscious a good deal of our belief system is unconscious it's built into our subconscious it allows us to operate and it's buried the traumas are usually buried deepest so we because we don't like to look at them and we've talked about this a few times, but it's, it's, it's very hard to step in that space to look at your own woundings and because it's, it's ugly and it's painful and you have to go through it again. You have to bring it back up and feel it so you can heal it. And, and that is not a pleasant thing to have to do until you've done it. Until you've done it. And then once you've done it, you realize you can do it again and you realize how powerful and freeing that is. And if you can authentically get past it, where you actually heal, because <laughs> I know there's a lot of people that are going through the healing ceremonies. Uh, I do that with quotes because uh, I don't, some of them are just parties. <laughs> yeah. Basically. And uh, people have parties, spiritual parties, doing drugs. <laughs> drugs and having sex and, and not really working on transform, transforming, transmuting and, and healing those past traumas. They're actually just probably anchoring them in deeper, but uh, or just skirting and bypassing them all together. Yeah. Um, I think the takeaway from this is, is really primaries would be consciousness, bring conscious awareness to yourself, primary, and then to others and the circumstances surrounded that. And then as well as your things, your, your life, whatever's involved in your life, all the different components, pieces, domains that we work in and taking stock of all that. And then think about the energy that we exchange with people in those domains is it leading to us to where we want to go and where we want this world to be or is it leading us away from that exactly. and this is why i've really shied away in the last six months or so i've, I've kind of made a pact with myself and said i'm not going to post anything negative anymore i'm just I, i'm tempted all the time to post snarky things and i want to just rip on this world because it's so ridiculous what what i see going on but i realize that i can't keep putting my energy into those things because that's not what i want anymore exactly. <laughs> you know and so so i'm trying to be more conscious and aware of what i'm putting out and what i'm emitting directly literally yeah same thoughts and, where your and, attention and just, goes your energy flows right. and what you focus on expands so if you're pouring your energy into what's wrong with the world and what's wrong with your life and how unhappy you are and all these it, when you're pouring all of your energy into that and you're constantly thinking about what you don't want in your life then you just draw in more of that yeah. you know and it becomes you know it's kind of like when you decide you want to get a new car and you just said oh i want to buy a new you know tesla then all of a sudden you start seeing teslas everywhere 
because you're focused on that, your energy, mm-hmm. and they just start showing up everywhere. So when you're focused on everything that's wrong in your life, you're just really seeing a lot of what's wrong in your life ever. It shows up more and more and more. And then when you're filled with anger and frustration and not enoughness and all of these internal conversations and and that's what's inside of you anytime you get you know pressured by life that's what's going to come out and you're going to be pouring that energy out into the world and the more you show up angry and the more you show up bitter and the more you show up in frustration and the more you show up in not love the more of that you're going to get back in your life so when you can take um, a conscious choice to notice when you're showing up in those ways and to take a deep breath i i love richard red teaches you know to practice the pause to take a moment you know when you're at a choice point and you can respond in anger and you can respond in frustration and you can respond you know with hate or fear or whatever you know from a negative or one of those heavier it's not really negative but a lower frequency lower lower vibrational frequency you could spot respond that or you could choose love you could choose peace you could choose to be compassion you could choose to be these higher vibrational frequencies um instead of just reacting the way that you typically do is to stop and to pause. Well, a reaction is an unconscious action. Right. And a response is a conscious choice. Conscious action. action. So you have a choice to either react unconsciously through your unconscious programming well, or to pause. well in that case you're choosing not to even choose right like, uh, but still not choosing a well, choice <laughs> but yeah but after you hear this conversation then you're making a choice <laughs> right well, well right once you once you bring your awareness once to you it, bring exactly. your awareness to yep. it then you're making a choice you're but then you pause if you're you know in a you know you're in a moment and you're in a heated moment with your partner and you really really desire to have a healthy happy relationship but they just did something that triggered you instead of reacting and 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 giving up your power and and pouring your energy into what you don't want pause take a deep breath and and just really center yourself and breathe three deep breaths and then choose how you're going to respond and if you do that if you do that, studies show that you will almost always, 90% of the time, you'll make a different choice than you would have in the original if you hadn't so paused to take I'm a I'm kind of giggling over here <laughs> because I take, I don't just take a moment. I take like a day or two <laughs> to like yeah. ascertain what my feelings you are. You do, and that, and that drives really, me nuts. <laughs> that does drive me crazy because yeah. I don't respond right away. I I, I need to really take stock. I, I'm a little hyper analytical sometimes. I really want to feel through it all and determine where is this coming from? Why am I feeling the way I feel? Because sometimes my feelings don't line up with what's going on. And I know yeah. that consciously I can see that it doesn't line up and I'm thinking, what is under there that what's what's that little undercurrent that I'm feeling come up that I don't you know what is that where's that coming from is it from me is there something else going on in my environment am I picking up something because I'm very empathic so I'm picking up people's crap a lot yeah. and uh, um, so I have to I have to I have to do that sometimes and that's just my way of dealing with it but I know I'm kind of giggling because I know it's kind of an issue for you um, and, yeah I, I like it to move like through it a little, little quicker <laughs> that pause like take three breaths and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> move forward uh i just know uh, three days but um <laughs> well, uh but but no it but it's i mean i noticed that we need to move things a lot through a lot quicker now. i'm getting better yeah, we're getting better at, at it we're both getting better and i'm i'm getting better at allowing you the space to process as well because yeah. i tend to move through things a lot quicker and 
And, you know, I just, I'm really impulsive that way. And, you know, you have all that Virgo and Scorpio in you. So you, you get to be a little more intentional about what you do. I have all that fire. I tend to just move and go and like, I'm not a. Yeah. I'm a deep thinker. And so I like to ponder and I like to let the energy settle too, because I want to see where it came from. It's hard when you're in the moment to figure out where that energy is coming from. Cause there's a lot of times where it's not directly related to any, it might be triggered by you or somebody else around me, but I know that that's not the problem. I know it's not them or even maybe the trigger, but the trigger somehow set off something within me that's, that's, that needs to be looked at. And so I have to sit with it for a while to really determine what's going on with that. Why am I feeling that way? You know, and it's, it's my process. So, but anyway, I, this isn't have to be about us so much, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it's a really good, it's a really good, um, it's really good to show other people how, you know, we work through it Right. because we're both, you know, we both came from being very deeply wounded and really struggling in relationship to really being, you know, healed and whole and complete. And when we came together, we operate from a different space and we don't operate from that wounded space where I'm constantly, you know, a victim of you and your behaviors. Cause I know that if there's a trigger that comes up, like you trigger something in me that triggers me, then it's always an opportunity to look at myself. And and in the past, I would have always blamed that on my partner. And it's not very often. It's 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 infrequent. So because it's so frequent that it that is something that kind of catches me off guard actually yeah i don't things are smooth most of the time and all of a sudden it's like oh what's going on here like what's that about why am i feeling this way about that you know and i know it's not necessarily you it would be something else and yeah, but it's always those opportunities for refinement. It's always opportunities to really look. Um, that's the, probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned in the past five years to look at myself. You know, when I'm being triggered, it's an opportunity for me to look deeper. It's a, and it's a reflection or an awareness for me to look deeper into because because I believe that healing is when something no longer triggers you and it no longer elicits an intense emotional response from you. That's when you've healed from something. And so, yeah, if there is a trigger there still, if there's still an emotional reaction or that little. Um, a little spark that that's just a, a little deeper layer of refinement that needs that gets to happen so that you can you know can finally heal that and and move past it and, well, and um, sometimes it can be just literally just hormonal yeah. and, you know and this is what i try to tell my girls you know yeah your your, your teenage girls you're going to have hormones going up and down and all over the place all the time sometimes you're just going to feel shitty it's okay to feel crappy sometimes like it is yeah. we, we're told you're not allowed to feel bad yeah guess what sometimes you do just don't stay there just yeah don't stay there you know don't get stuck that's the same thing i tell my kids is it's okay to sit in it you know feel it feel it for a little bit and let it at flow it. through you. let it look at observe, it like but observe feel, it too right? like observe really it. observe it yep. really look at it let yourself allow yourself to feel it and feel it and then let it flow through you yeah. don't you know don't stay stuck in it don't yeah. stay stuck and don't identify with it and don't identify with it don't identify with it as yeah. don't become that as your identity that i'm this i am that yeah. because when you start doing that then you really anchor it in and it's very challenging to get rid of those kind of i am yeah. statements it's because it's okay to experience sadness. It's okay to experience anger. It's okay to experience frustration. It's okay to experience, you know, all the different emotions that we go through. They're all just part of being human. Um, it's what what becomes, you know, detrimental is when we sit in it and we when we identify with it and we just, I'm well, just well, saying, sad, is, angry, depressed, um, sad, angry, depressed person. Yes. Yeah. Well, my point is more um, um, 
be really conscious, aware of the language you use. Right. Because I am statements, I am sad is different than I am feeling sad. Right. Or I am hungry versus my body is hungry. I'm experiencing my body. Yes. My experience, my body's need, need of, these are framings that we put on ourselves that are constantly framing our consciousness and how we relate. And that can frame us and and program us as well, which is actually a very powerful programming technique. Yeah. Cause I am statements are really the most powerful statements that you say, cause anything you put after I am, you become right. Right. So be really conscious aware of is my point is be conscious aware of the words you choose and how you use them as well. But don't beat yourself up if you make a mistake either. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Allow. Allow, allow. Allow. That's why I love the four agreements. I always come back to that with everything is, you know, at the end of the day, the, the fourth agreement is to always do your best. And some days we wake up and our best is not the best, you know, and it's what we bring to that day. And then so we can take that and at the end of the night, we just let it go. Yeah. Put that day to rest. And the next morning you wake up and it's a chance to, you know, be impeccable with your word, to not take things personally and to not make assumptions and to just bring your best to that day. And if you bring your best every day, and then at the night, you know, let that day go and 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 put it in the past and start fresh the next day. You know, that makes life so much more palatable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we should probably allow this to end here. Yeah, I like, right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that. I like that. This is a, a really good kind of first run at this, see how it feels and to share some personal stuff. And yeah. I don't know. I hope that this is helpful to people. Like I really do. Uh, I, you know, um, one of the things I, I, I like about the idea of podcasts is, is the back and forth. Yeah. You know, um, I like the idea of doing a live podcast where people can call in, you can have real discussions about things and ask questions and dig into things and, you know, those kinds of things. Um, it's it definitely helps though to have a couple of people talking and getting into something. So it'll be fun to have some guests on and and uh, explore this in a deeper level. Yeah, yeah I think this is going to be exciting because we've both been through a lot and we've already, we've healed so much. And I feel like we both have a lot of of gifts and wisdom to share. And um, I hope that you know people. I always tell everybody, take what resonates and let the, let yes. the rest go. Yep. And um, I would really love, so I would really hope that people will give us feedback and like share with us if it resonates with us. If we say something that, you know, really sparked you or activated something in you Absolutely. or really pissed you off, <laughs> you know, I'd love let to us hear have it. it. Like, yeah, let us have it. I'm open to, always open to the possibility that I could be wrong. There's more that I can know and grow that I don't have all the answers, but I know I have a lot of answers. Like I have a lot of just wisdom and and I consider myself now, you know, a carrier of wisdom, a wisdom keeper. And I've, I've um, finally stepped into that role and I'm really excited about the opportunity to, to have these conversations and to talk about um, solutions, like where we're going. I, one of the things that we really want from this podcast is to be a place where we can, you know, provide solutions and answers and tools uh, for really creating change, you know, and, and transformation. And, and um, instead of just sitting and bitching about what's wrong with the world, you know, we hear that everywhere we go, just turn on your TV, you know, like go on Facebook and you'll find a lot of everybody talking about everything that's wrong with the world. And and when you pour all your energy into that, you get more of that. Mm -hmm. And I really think that it's time to to, to, to start talking about 
solutions and answers and tools. And I know for a fact, I spent much of my life deeply steeped in victim and very unhealthy, very unhappy, um, and just living according to the rules of society that I bought as truth. And, and once I let all that go, you know, I was really able to have not only physical healing, like I physically healed my body and now I'm healthier than I've ever been in my life, but I have peace in my soul. I have beautiful relationships and beautiful people. And I don't have a lot um, financially and materially anymore. And it's such a beautiful place to be. Like I don't, I, I, but I, all of my needs are met all of the time. And it's really um, and just a really great gift. And so I'm really excited for us to be able to um, invite some guests on and some have some beautiful conversations that activate and inspire and, you know, really help people to discover their intrinsic value so that yeah. they can give their energy back into the world in a beautiful and empowering way. That's perfect. I, I really hope that, you know, given this is we're doing shooting we we're doing this right before the the holidays or kind of in the mid front end of the holidays here and i just I hope people take some pause to really think about what it means what gifting is it what gift giving is what exchanges um what the differences are between these different things and how you can be more conscious and how you exchange your energy with people because um, we need more consciousness in the world that's what will change it that's what's going to shift it is when we bring more conscious awareness to this world. I agree. Because quite frankly, when people aren't aware, they're being steered by someone else. And the people steering the boat right now are just, yeah, not the best people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> they may not be in alignment with those. They're not uh, in alignment with what we want. Yeah. <laughs> with the world we're trying to create. Exactly. So That's a great way to put it. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for joining us. And yes. we hope to uh, hear back from you and we hope that you'll listen to us again on our next one. Yeah. So check out our next podcast coming soon. Not exactly sure what we'll be talking about, but uh, we will put it out there and please uh, leave some comments and give us some feedback and check out Meraki Tribe Collective. Absolutely. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in to Tangible Changemakers podcast. We are honored that you honored us with your time and attention. We trust you found the conversation thought provoking and we hope you are inspired to take tangible action in your own life. We'd love your first action to share this episode or write us a review. Be sure to subscribe and click the links in the show notes for everything mentioned in this episode. Join us over at Meraki Tribe Collective to keep the conversations going and flowing. We will leave you with wise words to live by. Be the world you wish to create. Mm-hmm.